Salutations. Welcome to Podmortem. I'm Renee Hunter-Vasquez, joined as always by my co-host, my husband, and my brother. Hi, I'm John Paul Vasquez. Hi, I'm Travis Hunter. This week, we're recording live from the Hotel Broslin discussing the 1982 cult classic horror film, Basket Case. This film was written and directed by Frank Hennenlauter. With a tiny budget and a dedicated crew, Hennenlauter committed to making a film to creatively explore the term basket case. This resulted in a unique film that is still loved, hated, discussed, and celebrated nearly 40 years later. So, what did you guys think of Basket Case the first time you saw it? So, I don't want to surprise anybody, but I really like this movie. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I know I say it a lot, and again, it's uh, no supervision. Uh Uh-huh. Uh, I do want to give a shout out to my oldest brother, Nano, for letting me watch this <laughs> as a kid. Um, this was one of those movies that did stick with me. It wasn't a favorite of mine, but it did stick with me in my mind growing up that like I never forgot the name. Mm. Uh, I told your sisters there's certain scenes I remember that I was confused by as a child. <laughs> um, and the last time I want to say, honestly, I watched this movie, I was probably about nine um <laughs> you should not no. that's ari like you well, should not have been watching this again there's no, no supervision, supervision. <laughs> um but i did enjoy it mm-hmm. i will say that uh there's a lot of technical problems like there's but for me it's like the cheesier the shittier not necessarily the better but it can be <laughs> you know what i mean yeah. there's some movies where it's so bad they're good like it enhances it for right. you, right and um I would say this movie for me kind of borderline sits on that fence to where it's so bad it's good to where it's almost too bad <laughs> to be like, damn, that, but I still, yeah. but for me, the nostalgia factor of seeing it as a kid and associating it with my oldest brother. So it, it kind of mean, you know what I mean? Like it has a special little place for me. Right. Um, like I said, I know the movie's got a lot of problems. <laughs> I will be the first to admit that right now. But if you're just going in there to have fun, there's a lot of shit going on. Like, this movie <laughs> is bonkers. We'll just yes, say that. To say the very least. Yeah. It's funny you use the word bonkers because I saw that word used recently to describe a newer film that definitely took a lot of notes from this film. <laughs> <laughs> yeah no it did and if you're in our patreon discord i think we all know what movie we're talking about yes um it came out this year and we watched it on hbo <laughs> <laughs> just, just say it i wanted to talk about it but i didn't want to spoil yeah. anything but let's just say uh, a certain director and his wife definitely watched this movie <laughs> but i i had never seen this before right it wasn't even on my radar mm-hmm. Uh, my friend Mandy, also friend of the show, she's a Wendigo getter. Right. She had reached out to me and said, have you seen Basket Case? I said, no, I have not. I said, it sounds older, though, just by the title itself. And she was like, well, I would say that it looks interesting. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, okay. And so she said, you have to watch. She hadn't watched right, it. Right. I guess she had just seen enough to be like, okay, this needs, right. you know. And so I asked mom because I was like, I've never even really heard of this film. And she had said basically what JP said, which is that she saw it way too young. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And I'd like to point out that JP said that there were scenes that he was confused by as a kid. Right. I'd like to admit that there were scenes I was confused by. (laughs) 
<laughs> oh, I was still confused. As an adult, yeah. <laughs> I, was, I was still confused. But. So, I mean, the, the thing is that's weird for me is that I, I expected to come into this film and I expected to hate it. Right, right. And I didn't hate it. Right. I actually... There are parts that I enjoyed of this film. All right, all right. And there are aspects of it. I think what gets me is the independent spirit behind this film. Yeah, yeah for sure. And the, I guess, stick to of the director to, I think he said like they spent a year filming this movie. Jesus Christ. And while they were filming it, like he's fucking funding it while they're filming it. Screw yeah, it. so they ran out of money about yeah. halfway through. And <laughs> what was the budget for this? Like thirty-five thousand. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I mean, <laughs> it shows. But yeah. <laughs> I think I just think it's so admirable. And the thing that gets me is that he said that his goal was for nobody to ever see this movie. Right. Yeah. I saw this documentary called What's in the Basket, which is a very apt name. <laughs> but he had talked about how his goal was just for this to be shown uh, on 42nd Street, people selling it. Right, right. And then whenever it started going into like theaters in New York, he was like embarrassed. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, it's got this legacy now. Yeah. I mean, honestly, for him, there's nothing to be embarrassed about except one scene. <laughs> one, one scene you should be a little... A little embarrassed about for sure. <laughs> yeah, I'm a little surprised that you didn't hate it. Well, I want to be clear. I didn't hate it. I didn't love it. Okay. <laughs> but <laughs> there is stuff here that that's that's uh, worth watching. Right. Uh, we were talking to, I know I did, and I know John Paul did too, talk to our friend Lala Thomas. Yeah, yes, yes. Also, yeah, also <laughs> when to go get her. She was saying that she knew that John Paul would love it. Mm -hmm. She wasn't sure about me, wh whether I would love it or hate it, but that you would definitely hate it. <laughs> and after I watched it, I was like, no, he's definitely going to hate this. <laughs> there, there were parts that I did not like. Yeah. Well, um, yeah but... but I mean, I don't know. It's hard because... I feel like when it comes to films like this, I forget how to have fun. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? And so I tried to go at this with more of like an open mind. Right. And I think I did all right. <laughs> I think that's what saved it for me is because a lot of it is so much fun. Mm -hmm. And I really was, I'm not going to lie, I was pretty apprehensive because <laughs> y'all made a deal. Mm -hmm. okay? A little behind the scenes, whatever. Right. You wanted to do more universal. You wanted to do universal horror, period. Yeah, period. You wanted to do B-movies. Right. And so you would bring it up and it gets squashed. You would bring yours up and it would get squashed. So y'all came to the agreement one for one. Mm -hmm. And so you said Dracula. Mm -hmm. And then John Paul goes, okay, basket case. And I know I'm going to have to leave basket <laughs> case. You're like, wait, no, so let's I'm talk about this. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, he said that too fast. I was genuinely <laughs> nervous. But watching it i'm like this is actually a lot of fun and everybody in this movie is giving everything oh yeah got. oh no yeah <laughs> but that's the thing that's what i'm saying like you it it is something you have to see yeah no if it you is. love even horror, if you hate it like, yeah just go watch yeah. it yeah. yeah let's go see it the i mean i think that there are a lot of films that really do just need to be experienced yeah i think it's definitely in the category of so bad it's good yeah. for me yeah um <laughs> It's it's no house, all right? No. But it's that extent of this is fucking wild. What is happening? Right. I'm having a good time. That's how <laughs> yeah. I felt. I think my I wanted it to reach the level of a house for me. It's it's not. Yeah. No. I think my my main issue with it is tonally. I right. feel like they could have gone 
one way or the other, and they're a little uh, confused, especially towards the end. For, okay. I'm like, this is not <laughs> I <laughs> will say what I signed up for. The end, and we're going to get to the scene, unfortunately, but yeah. you all, if you've seen this, you all know what I'm talking about. I was like, God damn it. Yeah. Like, why, Joel? Why? Well, now I, mean, I got to ding you for that. Yeah. And I, I don't want to. Part of the but, story. <laughs> unfortunately, mm-hmm. yeah. But I started working on it. And then I was like, no, I'm just going to watch it. So I just watched it and kind of got my mind blown a little bit. And <laughs> then I went back and worked. So I've watched this like three times yeah. now in the last week and a half. And I mean, it's a ride. <laughs> <laughs> Now, before we separate this film, we would like to issue a warning for spoilers. Podmortem is a very in-depth podcast, and in thoroughly discussing horror films, we have no choice but to spoil a thing or two. If you don't wish to be spoiled, please go watch the film, then come back and enjoy the show. If you've already seen the film or don't care about spoilers, then let's make an appointment. So I want to start by saying that this film was restored and re-released by the Museum of Modern Art. Yeah. I'm going to be honest with you. (laughs) Did you think it was part of the movie? I thought it was part of the movie. I did too. I thought it was a joke. Yeah. Because the content of the movie, they're like, it's funny. Yeah. But it's true. It's real life. (laughs) I'm trying to remember. Yeah. (laughs) I'm trying to remember the name of the article I saw, but it was basically saying like the title of the article was that it was being restored and re-released seriously yeah (laughs) they put that in the title well i saw in bloody disgusting they had said that i guess they were not only doing a 4k restoration of it oh nice but they were doing preservation of the film (laughs) and so hannenlotter gave them like original yeah film yeah yeah yeah. he put a a facebook post that was linked in the article and he was like no i asked him i was like have you seen the film (laughs) (laughs) i was like i and i think i like i like this dude because he's self-deprecating yeah he isn't trying to say like this is the greatest movie ever made but with validation (laughs) with the validation of being recognized by the museum of modern art he could really be a, a absolutely like, dick yeah. about it yeah. but yeah no. and i think it's great that because i think that means that we got the 4k restoration on shutter right which is where we watched it uh good friends shutter who don't sponsor <laughs> us but we are open to it we are open and kent and anthony jerome are trying their fucking damn yes yeah. and we, we thank you for yeah, your service you. <laughs> but post museum of modern art <laughs> notification We start with the title card, red against a black background with a little blood spatter, basket case. We come up on the outside of a house and Dr. Lifflander, played by Bill Freeman, leaves and immediately hears a loud sound. (laughs) He stops in his tracks and asks who's there. But when he looks around, there's nothing to be seen. But trees and bushes are actively wrestling. This is your <laughs> standard horror movie yeah. setup, right? I laughed very hard because the camera went past the tree. Yeah. And then when it, when it moved, it snapped back like, oh, shit. Yeah, I know, that's dead. like your favorite <laughs> thing. It is when you, the camera is like your eye. It's like, oh. Yeah. Also, the audacity to attack this man as soon as he leaves his house. Oh, yeah. yeah. Like, <laughs> good Lord. But we see him from behind some trees, and this is when the doctor has had enough. He immediately runs back into his house, locks the door, and honestly, points for being smart. Yeah. yeah he I, said, one, who's there? Fuck this. It. Yeah. He's no. like, no. Did not I, w- get an answer. I was very happy he did that. Because he would have stayed outside, go looked in the trash can. Run, yeah. And you're dead. I was like, nope. Yeah, no. And then he, uh, I liked it. <laughs> <laughs> and then he calls 911. Yeah. That was nice. Yeah. <laughs> 
As soon as he starts to identify himself and ask for help, there's another noise, but from inside his house. He's distracted and just stops talking. We trail across the ceiling until we see a shadow fucking unhooking the phone line. <laughs> In all fairness, we see a hand like hover around the phone yeah. line. <laughs> so I was like, is you, this supernatural? You yeah. won't be needing this. <laughs> but when Dr. Lifflander starts to talk again, the line has been disconnected. He abandons the phone and runs around the house, making sure all the doors and windows are locked. Again, the stuff that you yell at people in horror movies to do. Mm -hmm. But we cut to the basement where someone has broken a window and already gotten inside. Dr. Lifflander takes the tiniest gun in the world from his desk. (laughs) (laughs) And just as he removes it from its holster, the lights go out. He cries out, oh, God, no, no. (laughs) He calls out to the intruder that he's got a gun. And if they don't leave, he will shoot. We see a shadow creeping across the hallway and the doctor unloads his gun. At the shadow. Yes. <laughs> I was like, why are you shooting at the shadow? You know that's not a person, right? It's, it's not going to work. Yeah. And I'm like, is he zigzagging? Yeah. Because like, he's like, bang, right, bang, left. Like, it's just uh, very odd, very odd. But he finally just sinks against the wall in defeat. Suddenly, a malformed hand grabs the doctor's face and pulls it out of sight. When we see his face again, it is clawed up and bloody. The doctor screams as blood sprays across some files on his desk. This was a hell of an opening. (laughs) Now, I will say that the makeup effects for the budget and the time did not look that horrible. No, they really didn't. I wanted to point out something very interesting. There's two people that really led the makeup. I'll talk about the other guy later Mm -hmm. for a very important reason that we know. But um, the one who did the majority of the gore effects is a guy called John Caglione. And he, this really surprised me, but he went on to win two Academy Awards. Oh, shit. Damn. One for Dick Tracy in 1991. All right. And one for The Dark Knight. <laughs> Holy shit. Damn. He is literally credited as makeup effects Mr. Ledger. So he did the Joker makeup, I guess. How oh, cool. nice. Yeah. I will say the squirt of ketchup on the files was a bit much. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's necessary. Necessary ketchup? Necessary ketchup. It, it was a... It was a yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it does come up later. It I'll, does. Yeah. That's fair. But we see Dwayne Bradley, played by Kevin Van Hintenrick, walking very slowly down the street, carrying a large basket. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder if that'll come into play. I don't know. I don't think so. I will say, and this starts out, you know, whatever. He's just walking quietly. Mm. But this dude, he really throws himself into this. (laughs) (laughs) And I just want to say that I appreciate it. He gives his all. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But a drug dealer in possession of every drug known to man tries Mm -hmm. to sell to him, finally resorting to asking if he wants women. But Dwayne completely ignores him, pissing the dealer off and continues to walk a steady pace until he reaches the Hotel Broslin. I will say that Pusher Man is a pretty good salesman. Yeah, I'll take three of everything. (laughs) I don't think I could sell drugs, mostly because I don't like talking to strangers. (laughs) It's the same reason I couldn't be Ghostface because of the telephone. Right, right. But he, uh, you know, when you love what you do. (laughs) I also wanted to point out, like, this is like Travis Bickle's Times Square. This is... 42nd Street in New York City in the uh, early 80s. Mm-hmm. This place was pretty gnarly. Yeah, I was, uh, well, I guess I can't say this until later, but I was reading a review about this and mm-hmm. really all the person was talking about was seeing New York gritty, 
dirty New York yeah. at this time because it's you know it's not the same anymore. Right. No, it's all. And, they, uh, there's that Bill Burr joke about they got an M M&M and M store. Yeah. And, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's what it is now. But back then it's like triple yeah. X fucking seeing it. That's yeah. The, that was the first thing I noticed too. I was like, damn. Yeah. I was like, this is was back in the day. Oh yeah. And it's weird because it's all these old theaters. Yeah. That you'd think would be showing like Casablanca. Yeah, nope. <laughs> no. No, they're not. But he did say something very funny that I will tell you later. I'm making a note to remember <laughs> to say it because it made me laugh all right inside the hotel manager played by robert vogel and this is the name for the majority of the characters it's just their (laughs) profession (laughs) but him and a group of men are having a heated debate about a man who committed suicide by jumping in front of a taxi when they finally acknowledge Dwayne, he asks for a room when pressed aggressively by the manager as to how long he'll be staying Dwayne settles on a few days it's going to be $20 a night and no junkies. Damn. I know. Yeah. Hey, well, this is a respectable place. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, first of all, $20 a night sounds great, but look at where he's yeah. <laughs> <laughs> The other guys start to make fun of Dwayne when he says he's here alone and they start to hassle him about his basket. He says there's just clothes inside, but they say he's smuggling in booze. Are they the TSA? Yeah. I know. Like, what the fuck do you care? I'm going to yeah. my room that You've I'm paying for. you got a bottle in your hand. Dude. What the <laughs> <in a> fuck? <laughs> Fucking hypocrite. But the manager gives him the key to room seven, and Dwayne pulls a giant wad of cash out yeah. of his pocket, full of hundreds and fifties. He peels off a 20, gives it to the manager, grabs his basket, and heads upstairs. Is it only me who does not, like, ever encounter fifties in the wild? I do at work. Yeah. Like I hate them. You, yeah. It's weird. I like hate $50 bills. I'm fine with 10s. Mm-hmm. I hate 50s. I don't know why. Well, 50s, I'm, I don't really give a shit who's on them, but they're worthless. <laughs> <laughs> they're just worthless. I did read on IMDb that the wad of money he pulled out was the budget of the film. <laughs> oh shit yeah so that was the actual and the money looks real it's not no it looks real so i mean (laughs) no don't be exactly (laughs) (laughs) but o'donovan played by joe clark makes a remark about how loaded he is we follow Dwayne upstairs where he runs into Josephine, played by Dorothy Strongin, <laughs> who tells him how lucky he is because room seven is the best one. Okay. Uh-huh. Mm, we'll be the judge of that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> An old woman who claimed to be rich and only went out on Sundays lived there. Josephine links arms with Dwayne as they continue up the stairs. Josephine continues with her story about the old woman. She claimed to be rich and hiding from her family who was trying to steal her money. She says that one day the old lady went into the lobby dressed in fur and jewels and announced that she was going to travel the world. She paid her bill and left and no one ever saw her again. Her story finished. Josephine just fucking lets go of Dwayne and walks back downstairs without another word. That is NPC behavior. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, all right, I've talked to the character and I'm gone. But he tries to talk to her. She just keeps repeating the same. (laughs) Oh, you again. (laughs) I laughed because she's like, she says that that lady used to say, they're trying to take my money, but they don't know I'm here. I'm like, not much of a catchphrase, really. (laughs) To remember that. She used to say it all the time. Every time I talk to her. But as he walks down the hall, he sees Casey, played by Beverly Bonner, unlock her room as an older man rubs her ass. Mm. Before she goes inside, she winks at Dwayne and he stares at her. Dwayne's room is next door. He goes and lets himself in. 
I just have a couple things here. Mm-hmm. First of all, the saxophone music reminded me of when they did Lethal Weapon on Sunny. <laughs> 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 so I got a kick out of that. But I wanted to talk about Beverly Bonner. Yes. Who I think does really good she's in this movie. She's so oh, fucking no, yeah. good in this. Like she's actually, for what this movie is, yes. she brought her A plus yeah. game. Yes. But she was actually cast in this film because Hennenlauter saw her in a show with Divine. Oh, from Pink Flamingos. Yeah. And then after the show, he gave her his card and he was like, I'm making a movie and I really want you to be in it. Oh, nice. And she's like, you know, heard that a million times. But then he actually followed up. Yeah. on it, <laughs> And he would go on to cast her in every single film he made. I love it. She unfortunately passed away last year, I believe. Last year. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But he even extended her part in this film because he loved what she was doing so yeah. much. It was supposed to be like a bit part. And then she ended up being like the third lead. Well, I agree with him because I really, I love her character. And in like 2015, she did a stage play called Casey 30 years later. Oh, shit. Of this character. (laughs) Um, She wrote it, directed it, and started it as Casey. Good for her. And she like runs um, an escort service with older sex workers wow man and then people come and interview her about what happened in this film and i don't know i haven't seen the sequels i haven't seen is there three yeah there's three of them i i've only seen this Mm -hmm. so i don't i can't speak to what happens in those but they're interviewing her about the events yeah yeah but i thought that was really cool she did all of it herself i think that's great i do also think that if you experience what we're about to experience (laughs) it would be the only thing you talked about (laughs) that that's uh that's really cool that dude didn't even like hassle her about her using using the character character yeah yeah that's on honestly could have been like hey that's my you know that's my uh, and then ask for some uh, yeah change ask for some 50s Um, yeah (laughs) Anyway, Dwayne goes inside his room and it looks like a normal small hotel room. Dwayne sets down his basket, opens the window and returns to tell the basket, we're here. All right. Yeah. What? Okay, so here's problem number one. <laughs> because not only does he talk to the basket, mm-hmm. the basket moves a little bit. A little right. bit. Now, I'm no seamstress, <laughs> but that's not typical behavior for clothes. Not no, not not any clothes I've ever worn. No, yet. Yeah. Yeah. It's 2021. <laughs> <laughs> but later, Dwayne comes back downstairs without the basket and asks the men if there's anywhere close he can get something to mm-hmm. eat. Mm-hmm. They send him across the street and we star wipe. <laughs> well, that PowerPoint <laughs> transition. <laughs> <laughs> to Dwayne coming back to his room with food. Well, hold on, though, <laughs> because he's like nothing fancy around here. Yeah. And he's like, no, just burgers and pizza. Yeah. And he's like, yeah, across right the street. Right there. <laughs> yeah. He's like, well, fuck. You couldn't have just said yeah. that. And I understand you saw a lot of money, but nothing about Dwayne screams fancy. Yeah. Not at all. Yeah. He, oh, no. He checked so, into I would a hotel. think he stole it or something. Yes. Yeah. He checked in that hotel with a single basket yeah (laughs) (laughs) but he sets the food down on his bed and unlocks the basket Dwayne tells whatever is inside that he brought something to eat he begins to unwrap several burgers i was like god damn a lot of fucking hamburgers but he starts throwing them inside the basket Mm -hmm. the basket shakes as something inside growls and eats the food loudly all right this is (laughs) (laughs) i guess i can choose now to bring up the fact that Kevin Van Hintenrick did all the sounds for, the, <laughs> for the, whatever's in that basket. Yeah. yeah. He did the sounds for it. Cause I was like, 
who's doing that? Yeah, it's very- <laughs> Especially as the movie progresses. Yeah. yeah. There's another thing of him that is used for whatever is in there. That's very interesting. But we'll talk when okay. we get there. Yeah. Um, before we move on, I haven't mentioned it yet, but before we do, uh, Dude's Fro, man. <laughs> I was like, damn, his hair is poofy. That- but it looks good, though. I was it like, did. all right. Kind Ari- of a wild, just... Ari had you know came I mean? in here yeah. when I was working on it. Of course, I had nothing crazy had happened yet, but I paused it because I was like, I don't think yeah. she could be in here for this. But she came through and it was when he's checking into the hotel and she asked if the hotel manager was Danny DeVito. <laughs> and I said no. And then Dwayne has his back to the camera because he's checking yeah. in and she asked if it was Jerry Seinfeld. <laughs> <laughs> That's she's, why it looks familiar. I was gonna say she's not. I know. Yeah. <laughs> Very far off. I was like, you're wrong, but you're not. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, damn. Oh, Donovan's fucking Jason Alexander. Right. Oh, <laughs> it all works. There you go. Dwayne pulls out the files with the ketchup spray on them. <laughs> and I was like, okay, so now I yes. know. And it does establish two things. One. He's definitely on the hunts for something. (laughs) (laughs) And I believe he will search Heinz and Lowe for it. (laughs) That is the end of all my uh, my ketchup puns. (laughs) That's all I got. That was great. Thank you. But he goes through the files and finds his own name among the papers, which has the referring physician marked as doctors Needleman and Cutter hilarious names oh yeah oh, everybody's yeah. name in this yeah. dude For all doctors. the doctors names it's like i've never heard that <laughs> Dwayne gets the phone book and starts to look through it but the thing in the basket throws out two hamburger buns and Dwayne empties the bag of burgers at least like a dozen of them yeah. into the basket without even unwrapping them <laughs> yeah i was like so it won't eat bread but it'll eat 10 yeah. <laughs> okay but the eating in the basket continues Dwayne is disappointed when Dr. Cutter's name isn't listed in the phone book, but says that Dr. Needleman will probably have Dr. Cutter's number. Mm -hmm. Dwayne starts to eat a burger himself and lays back on the bed to relax. Yeah, I don't know (laughs) if I can do that. No. And that burger was pretty skimpy. Yeah. Maybe maybe it was a dozen for a dollar or something. (laughs) Look, nothing fancy. (laughs) You don't get vegetables. Yeah. (laughs) Nothing. No cheese. (laughs) Bread. (laughs) And barely any meat. Yeah. But that night, we see that the basket is open. Dwayne wakes up asking the unseen thing if it's really just going to pace the floor all night. We only hear his side of the conversation as Dwayne tells it that he doesn't want to talk. He wants to sleep because they have to get up early in the morning. He agrees with whatever he's hearing from the basket thing, saying they've been through all this before. But it's 3.30 in the morning and they need to go back to sleep. He lays back down, yelling at it to shut up so he can get some sleep and covering his ears with the pillow. But again, we hear nothing. No. So this is where I was like, this is one of two things. Mm-hmm. One, he's very unwell. Right. Mm-hmm. Or two, they're speaking telepathically. Right, right. right. Both options are frightening. Not good. Yeah. <laughs> Neither of them are good. But we did, we saw something eating. Yeah. True. We, so, we did. Yeah. But we could be watching it through his eyes. I'm I not. mean, an un, what is it? An unreliable narrator? narrator? Yeah. Yeah. But the next morning, we glide down the hallway past room seven, where O'Donovan quietly creeps out of his room. He gets on his knees and starts peeking through the keyhole of Dwayne's room. I'm like, yeah, <laughs> you couldn't even do this in the middle of the night. Like no, literally yeah. the morning when he's probably right there. Yeah. Casey immediately catches him and calls his ass out loudly. 
O'Donovan tries to excuse his behavior by being like, this dude has a lot of money. Though. Yeah. <laughs> Is that so, an excuse? Yeah. No, I'm, I'm going to rob him yeah. later. <laughs> like, that's why I'm doing this. Reconnaissance. But, yeah, but Casey does not care. She gives him two seconds to get out of here before she starts banging on Dwayne's door and O'Donovan scurries away. Should have punched that dude, man. I mean, yeah, no, he had to come in. And it, from what it seems, this is kind of his reputation. Yeah, yeah she's like, man, get the fuck out <laughs> yeah. of here. But Casey walks off monologuing about everything wrong with the hotel. The cockroaches, the winos, the crazy woman down the hall. Suddenly she goes back and knocks on Dwayne's door. She does say the saxophone at 3 a.m., so I think that lethal weapon music was real. <laughs> <laughs> Someone was really just yeah. like, yeah, fucking careless whisper. <laughs> <laughs> but she warns him, prefacing it by saying she doesn't usually get in other people's business. But she says someone has been sneaking around his room looking in the keyhole. And if he has any valuables like money, he shouldn't leave them laying around, which she's yeah. a real one. And that's just good advice. Period. Yes. Well, yeah, it's like, come on, dude. <laughs> But she tells him that she just can't stand to see someone getting ripped off and introduces herself. But they shake hands and she steps into the room looking around and asking what he's doing in this dump. He's like, it's the first place I came to. Yeah. <laughs> As they talk, a man stands behind them watching and then walks away. Dwayne tells her he's from upstate and this is his first time in New York. Casey leaves telling him that they should get a drink sometime and Dwayne happily agrees. He goes back into his room, puts a map in his pocket, and locks up the basket. He tells the thing inside that they're going to pay a visit to a doctor friend. Ketchup vials. <laughs> <laughs> we cut to Dwayne on the street again, looking up at a tall building. Inside, he gets off the elevator and walks up to a door. We zoom in on the nameplate for a really long time. <laughs> it says H. Needleman, M.D. Inside the office, a woman is complaining to the receptionist, Sharon, played by Terry Susan Smith, that Dr. Needleman gave her the wrong prescription. This is the second time, and she's allergic to it. Sharon tells Dwayne that it's this typewriter, and she'll be right with him. And he just stands there as the woman <laughs> continues to describe her symptoms. Well, because that means nothing to yeah. me. <laughs> Sharon tells her to tell all of this to the doctor, and the woman gathers her bags and leaves angrily. Mistaking him for a typewriter repairman, Sharon begins to detail what's wrong with the typewriter, even mimicking the mouse-like sound that's coming from it. Yeah, what the fuck is going on? <laughs> when he tells her he's here to see the doctor, she apologizes. She says she didn't think he was a patient and she thought the basket was his toolbox. All right. An interesting yeah. toolbox. <laughs> I mean. There's a lot of assumptions there. <laughs> I did want to point out, I thought this was really interesting. Her hair is a wig. Well, yeah. Which may not may not come as a big surprise. <laughs> but it's a wig because she shaved her head bald because she was in a punk band at the time. I think that's oh, awesome. Called the, ta right. the tattooed vegetables. Fantastic. All right. I thought that was pretty badass. Can we agree that she's beautiful? No, she is. I think Beverly Bonner is too. Agreed. Mm -hmm. But yeah. I just thought that was because her hair was like perfect. Yeah. <laughs> it was 1982. Perfect. Honestly, I was like, maybe <laughs> yeah. it looked better than Laurie Strode's wig in Halloween too. Uh, <laughs> by a fucking long <laughs> shot. Yes, it did. Uh, the noises were uh <laughs> I was like, oh shit. The mouse noise. <laughs> I was like, she is freaking out. Like, <laughs> it's like she's got a future yeah. in animation. <laughs> But Dwayne tells her that Dr. Needleman is an old family friend and asks if he can see him without an appointment. Sharon makes a sarcastic comment about the empty waiting room, saying that Dr. Needleman would say no, but since no one's here, they can pretend he did have an appointment for 1130. And oh, look at that. He's next. 
in all fairness, the customer service is great here. Yeah, yeah. no, she's a real one too. <laughs> I love I, every I woman in this movie. <laughs> I don't think that's how that works. It probably isn't. Yeah. But I mean, he's also prescribing the wrong meds to that lady. Yeah, yeah. So, so kind of, kind of fucked, Doctor yeah. Needleman. You get in quick, but he fucks you up. Yeah. <laughs> but she gets his paperwork ready, asking him his name. He says he's Dwayne Bradley, but don't put that because he'll recognize it yeah. and he wants it to be a surprise. Just put Dwayne Smith. <laughs> Can you just put fake yeah. names? It's, even if you cop to it being a fake name? It's 1982. All right. That's <laughs> Rules were different. Sharon says the doctor's a laugh and he'll appreciate this. So she gives him his paperwork to fill out. We meet him in a moment, but he does not seem like a laugh. No, no <laughs> not doesn't. at all. As he fills the paperwork out, Sharon asks what's in the box and he just smiles. <laughs> okay. Not a good answer. I'm here to see this doctor. I don't want him to know yeah. it's me. And I have this conspicuous <laughs> yeah. giant basket. That I will be bringing with me. It's, yeah, it's no probably shit. He's fine. carrying it around. Yeah. <laughs> That's the thing is it's so big. Like he can never be casual. No. <laughs> casual about it. You know, it would be less if he had just gotten a suitcase that he dragged around. A suitcase or like a like a messenger bag. Or yeah. like literally yeah. anything but a giant wicker basket. <laughs> the but, fact that it's a wicker basket. Yeah. <laughs> But then you couldn't call it basket case. Yeah. yeah. True, true. But she asks if he's visiting New York and he says, yes, it's his first time here. She lists off tourist spots like the Statue of Liberty and asks him if he's seen them yet. He says he hasn't had the time and she gets offended, listing off more spots and asking if he's had the time for those. Offended? I she was gets like, pissed. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, it's not like I don't want to. Yeah. And she just continues to yell at him for it. He admits that he doesn't know where anything is, and she softens, volunteering to be his tour guide, even saying they'll get him postcards and an I Love New York t-shirt. Look, uh, yeah. <laughs> I look. I think my thing is, is this is a lot very quickly. Yeah, it is. Yeah. <laughs> For me, is this is on some Pete Davidson shit, because... <laughs> <laughs> I don't understand. I feel like Sharon's the type of woman that goes for what she wants. She sees what she, she wants. <laughs> she goes after it. Good for her. But that grumbling woman with the wrong prescription comes back in and Sharon tells Dwayne that he's next. So now we're in the doctor's office where Dr. Needleman, played by Lloyd Pace, is chowing down on some lunch. <laughs> <laughs> Well, it's that he's ready for the next patient, <laughs> but he's fucking eating. It's like, dude, are you, I hope you wash your hands. I hope so. He doesn't, though. No, no, like, he doesn't. At all. Doesn't. Do you remember on Whose Line Is It Anyway where they would do that game where someone would be someone else's arm? Yes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's how he shoved the food into his mouth. It didn't even look like it was him. Maybe he's like, oh, shit, another one's yeah. coming. You know? Yeah. <laughs> that's hilarious well in his defense when he came in this morning he didn't have any appointments that is true yeah. this is brand new he's like i'm just gonna eat all fucking day <laughs> but Dwayne comes in and introduces himself as mr smith Dwayne starts to describe a pain in his chest but the doctor interrupts him telling him to set down the basket take off his shirt and take a seat in the examination room Dwayne follows instruction dr needleman goes to follow him into the exam room but stops in his tracks we see Dwayne with his shirt off and a large twisted scar covering his entire right side. Hmm. Interesting. Interesting. I will say that he looked into the doctor's like office or whatever, yeah. and it did not look like yeah. <laughs> I was like, this is not a real doctor's office. I, I know that they reuse because it's fucking crazy. Yeah. That documentary, they spliced together like 80 locations. Like Damn. in the um 
Hotel Broslin, uh-huh. the entrance where the guy is like waiting, right, is actually an elevator. <laughs> what? Yeah, I can see that because it's like really, it's really small. small. But then the staircase is a staircase of an entirely different building. What? The fuck? And then the rooms are entirely different rooms in a different location. <laughs> like they did a lot of shit. So that's I'm like, pretty incredible though. Yeah. Because it's believable. They yeah. made it work. I believe that that's. I just don't believe this is a doctor's office. No. <laughs> <laughs> this is where the cracks show. Exactly. But Dwayne steps back into the reception area with his basket. Sharon asks Dwayne if the doctor was surprised, and Dwayne replies with an "Oh yeah." yeah. <laughs> Sharon tells him that she gets off at seven. Hint, hint. He tells her he would like to, but he can't tonight. He has Saturday Night Live. (laughs) (laughs) Sharon's like, well, I can't say I didn't try. Dwayne sets the basket in a corner and whispering asks Sharon if he can call her tomorrow. She just whispers back, giving him her phone number. Dr. Needleman doesn't have patients tomorrow, so she's free all day. Still whispering, she tells him that she lives downtown and writes down her address for him. She finally asks why they're whispering, and he tells her that he doesn't want him to hear. So she goes, who? The doctor? <laughs> I, I had just wrote, why are they whispering? And yeah. then she said, but why, why are, are we, we whispering? And I was like, thank you. Yes. There are a couple of times where weird shit happens and someone calls attention to it. Yeah. And I'm like, thank you. That's exactly yeah. what I was thinking. But Dwayne's like, gotta go. He (laughs) picks up his basket and leaves. Yet she's still intrigued. Yeah, no, she's she's still into it. But we cut back to Dr. Needleman sitting in his office. I thought he had been murdered. So did yeah. I. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah the way I was like, I was like uh, oh, well, he's dead in well, there. Well, that was sinister. Especially the opening of the film we got. Yeah. yeah. We know where those ketchup files yeah. came from. <laughs> <laughs> but he's sitting at his desk looking super stressed, tapping his pencil faster and faster. Finally, he starts shuffling through a stack of away messages before stopping on an urgent one from Dr. Lifflander, mm. and he starts dialing his phone. We cut to Dwayne and the basket mm. <laughs> at a movie theater. We see him watching the movie, but we scroll over to see a person credited as Thief in Theater, <laughs> played by Tom Robinson, watching Dwayne, mm-hmm. not the movie. Dwayne starts to doze off, and when the gunshot sounds from the movie startle him awake, he looks over to see that his basket is gone. This surprised me. Yeah. I swear to God, I thought the only point of the movie scene was going to be some kind of argument. Like, somebody's like, get that fucking basket out of the way. (laughs) You know? I didn't expect there was going to be theft. You got snacks in there? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) got something in there. Yeah. I like the way that they did it, because he dozed off and he's startled back awake and it looks like it's literally a second because that's what it feels like yeah, when you yeah. fall asleep. Very true. But it was actually long enough for this dude to creep over and Excuse snatch his me. shit. Yeah. I thought, yeah, I thought that was pretty cool. But the thief runs with it into the bathroom. He stomps on the wicker basket, just breaking off the lock, mm-hmm. which kind of made me laugh because why did you put a yeah, lock on that? No shit. <laughs> that wasn't going to hold You anything. could cut no, it off. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> But our point of view is from inside the basket as the thief lifts up the lid and begins to scream. Dwayne hears the screaming and comes running, bumping into the thief who is holding his bleeding face as he flees from the bathroom. From our point of view inside the basket again, Dwayne comes over and peers inside. There's commotion happening in the theater and he says, not now, not yet, save it. And he closes the basket. All right. See, just more and more questions are piling uh, up. I bet that dude won't steal another wicker oh, no. basket I bet he won't. again. I bet he won't. And I love that he wasn't even concerned about 
what that man had potentially seen. He's well, just like, let's get the fuck out of here. Look like he won't be seeing much oh, of no. anything. Yeah. They hammerabbied his ass. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but that night, Dwayne goes back to Dr. Needleman's office. Once the custodian gets on the elevator, Dwayne creeps inside and heads up the stairs. In his office, Dr. Needleman is on the phone, but it just rings and rings. When no one answers, he hangs up. Then he goes through his Rolodex, stopping on the number for Dr. J. Cutter, and he dials it. (laughs) So we see Dr. Cutter, played by Diana Brown, having dinner with her date, played by Chris Babson. He comments that the food was delicious, and she tells him that he's delicious. (laughs) She pours him more wine, even though he continues to protest that if he drinks too much, he's liable to... Honestly, I know I come down on predator men very hard. This is fucking predator behavior. <laughs> I, I was going to say. And Dr. Cutter, <laughs> you're on notice, ma'am. You're not exempt just because you're a woman. Is she the first terrible woman that you're going to be? <laughs> I don't appreciate it. He's like, no. She's like, no. Yeah. Like, she just keeps pouring his drink. Well, it's clear what she wants out of the evening. Yeah. Right. I'm like, ma'am. <laughs> but the phone rings and Dr. Cutter is immediately annoyed because clearly she's trying to get it in get it in (laughs) she gets up to go answer it (laughs) on the other end is needleman once he identifies himself she reminds him that she made it clear that he was to never call her again it's like oh yeah there's some tea there's uh history yeah yeah clearly also stop blowing my sex yeah (laughs) (laughs) she's like god damn it but he ignores this and just launches off into his story he asks if she remembers Lifflander from Glens Falls and says that a couple days ago he left an urgent message for Needleman to call him. Then today, a 20-year-old using a fake name came in with nothing wrong with him except for the fact that he's from Glens Falls and has a huge scar on his right side. How did he know it was a fake name? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he's like, Smith, come on. Yeah. There's nobody named Smith. <laughs> But Dr. Cutter is not trying to hear it and tries to get off the phone saying she's in the middle of dinner. But Dr. Needleman is full on yelling now. He's trying to get in touch with Dr. Lifflander and he can't. The kid told him (laughs) the kid told him that Lifflander had been murdered and cut in half. (laughs) Dwayne. Why? What are you doing, dude? By the way. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> he tells him this and then just leaves yeah I, the thought of that was very funny to me also dr needleman is like going off yeah, yeah. the subtitles are also going off. oh my god because <laughs> <laughs> this scene they said he goes you know he's been killed murdered cut in half yeah the subtitles said mirror cut in half <laughs> what? Like, mirror? The subtitles on shutter were absolutely awful like yes. hilariously awful there's one point in the film that i think they just gave up <laughs> <laughs> But even with this information, Dr. Cutter calmly dismisses everything. Neither of them know anyone named Dr. Lifflander. Neither of them have ever even been to Glens Falls, and she would just like to get back to her dinner. This feels like whenever they were investigating Don for the American Air Aviation, (laughs) and they had to pretend on the phone, well, of course there's nothing wrong with that. Why would there be? (laughs) It's like there is a huge conspiracy Um, going on. What? But she tells him goodnight and then just hangs up the phone. She sits back down with her date slash victim and Dr. Needleman dejectedly just hangs up his phone. But we see Dwayne climbing the stairs of a very dirty stairwell. I'm like, this is a doctor's office? See, I don't think it is. (laughs) (laughs) But he's still holding on to the basket. 
Back in the office, Sharon calls back to Dr. Needleman asking if he's staying late or if he wants her to lock up. He tells her he is staying late, but to lock up anyway, and he starts to make another phone call. Sharon leaves, locking up behind her and calls the elevator. She waits for a moment and then gets on. But as soon as the elevator door closes, Dwayne opens the door at the end of the hall. He mentions to the basket that Sharon has left and Dr. <laughs> Needleman <laughs> and Dr. Needleman is in there alone now. Dwayne takes a couple steps into the reception area and dumps out the basket, but we don't see what comes out of it. <laughs> he tells it to hurry up and that he'll be waiting outside and not to forget the address book. We hear heavy breathing. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> now we've adapted the point of view of the thing in the basket. Now, here's a technical problem. Okay. There is a fundamental misunderstanding of a POV shot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we watch we watch Dwayne dump the thing out of the yeah. box and then it just becomes the the view of whatever's in there. Yeah. You don't see it shift. No, now we we're just We are yeah. it now. <laughs> Instead of maybe showing it being dumped from the box and then turning around. That's too it's much. It's like, "No, we're the camera now." So. Yeah. Either get with it or get out. That's how we're. <laughs> it is what it yeah. is. Yeah. But again, we hear it breathing very heavily as it slowly makes its way to Needleman's office door. And it, the point of view is, um, I'd say short. It's mm. low to the ground. Yeah. So maybe this is Danny DeVito. Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> Ari. Yeah. But we see its malformed hand grab onto the knob. Dr. Needleman is just sitting at his desk looking stressed and sweaty when he hears a loud crashing sound. Needleman gets up and slowly walks down the hall. Tension mounts as we follow him. That's one thing in a few places in this movie. The tension is really, really yeah. good. It is fair. He slowly opens the door to the reception area and sees that, <laughs> that the door to the office has been completely yes. broken off the hinges. <laughs> I even said so that whole ass door is broke. Why I'm did he so even try confused. with the doorknob? Yeah. <laughs> what the fuck? grabbing the doorknob. So it's very small. This, this is another thing we know. It's small, but it is strong as fuck. Yeah. Incredibly Something. strong. Yeah. That door was <laughs> fucked up. It was. It was like into the hallway. Yeah. <laughs> Eerie music plays as Needleman slams the door and runs back to his office. He barricades his office door with his desk and struggles to push a huge filing cabinet toward the door. The light in his examination room goes off and Needleman slowly walks over. He reaches in <laughs> and turns the light back on, but perched on the wall over the light switch is a malformed half human like creature. I don't know how else to describe uh, what we're seeing. I'm sorry. What? <laughs> <laughs> I said what I said. We zoom in on his emotionless human face before it grabs Dr. Needleman by his face. And I did read that this was a facial casting of Kevin Van Hintenrich. Yes, that's oh, what I read. Right. Yeah. I did want to point out that Belial was designed by a guy called Kevin Haney. Mm -hmm. All right. And much like the other gentleman I mentioned previously, this dude went on to do stuff for Marvel. <laughs> that's fucking like, cool yeah. man he did stuff for justin bieber and lady gaga what the fuck like dude stayed in the business yeah. and like on top of the business that's well. so cool but they were i mean they were working bare bones with this shit the uh creature itself was built out of plasticine clay mm -hmm. and they had of course that mold of the actor's face for reasons we'll yeah. determine yeah. <laughs> we'll talk about it later but they were kind of, when I say they were doing this as they go, right. I mean it because he put, they were talking about this in the documentary, Hennenlauter said that the designer put like a Coke bottle behind what he was working on to sculpt around it. And then whenever he did it, it looked like a rough bone 
And he's like, yeah, use that. Like, just, like they were just. Wow. I love that. Seat of their pants bullshit. Like, it's unbelievable. I always like hearing when people who work on the, like the movies, these older movies or like the low budget movies end up still staying yeah. in there yes. and doing better things. Like when we seen uh, Kane Hodder was doing. Yes. Uh, stunt coordination for movies and yeah. he was an extra and he was uh, like what the fuck we, we <laughs> like, just, that's Jason yeah. what the hell we recently watched House 2 mm-hmm. again shout out to Ken oh yeah <laughs> um, he plays like an extra yeah. in House 2 he's in no, there for yeah. literally like I don't even know if it's a full minute. Yeah. We were like, what the fuck? <laughs> but yeah, crazy. that's very cool because you see their beginnings and yeah. then what they become. Mm-hmm. Just super cool. And it's inspiring because... Very oh, much yeah. so. Also, thank you for calling him Belial because now I can. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I tipped my hand. <laughs> by the way, that's the actual name of the devil, by the way. <laughs> I just no. want to point that out. Um, interesting. <laughs> <laughs> that's actually hilarious. But Belial screams as he and Dr. Needleman just fight around the room. He finally takes Needleman down and we see that his face is all scratched up and bloody. Blood pours from his mouth, but Belial is not done. It screams and reaches for Needleman's stomach. Needleman screams in agony as his blood splashes against his face. We see Dwayne just waiting anxiously outside for a moment before we see Dr. Needleman on the ground, scratched, bloodied and dead. We pan away from Dr. Needleman's face to see that his legs are on the other side of the room. Dude was mad, huh? Oh, yeah. He was big mad. Hey, well, if he can knock a door off its hinges, oh, I, bet he yeah. can, <laughs> I bet he can, can make short work. Mirror a man in half or whatever. <laughs> Belial groans as he crawls out of the window. So I feel like this is the best place to discuss the distributor meddling. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Whenever this film was picked up by a distributor. Right they decided instead of making it a horror comedy, right. they just wanted to make it a straight comedy. And so whenever but they... But re- it's not. No, it's no. not. It is not. <laughs> whenever they released it into theaters, initially they took out every scene of gore. What? Every single scene of gore. And Hinnenlauter was like, but that's where the comedy is. Well, yeah. He's like, the gore is hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, so what the fuck are you talking about? So it wasn't until... And they released it in New York. Right. I believe they released it in Houston and maybe Chicago. I'm uh-huh. trying to remember. But whenever they released it, nobody was going to see it. And so it wasn't until Joe Bob Briggs wanted to do a drive-in showing of it in Dallas uh-huh. that he found out because Hinnenlauter is like, well it's kind of cut up and he's like what the fuck do you mean it's cut yeah. up and he's like he told him he's like oh no we're not showing that unless it's uncut yeah and so the distributor was forced to give him Hinnenlauter's cut all Good. right and so after that was shown it explodes in Dallas well what? yeah I mean of course I mean, yeah and it's nuts you have Hinnenlauter's version showing in Dallas and it's doing business yeah and then you have your version showing in Houston and it's fucking up what does that tell what you what does yeah. it tell you yeah and so they decided to finally release it the right way well and i mean it showed in that theater in new york for like two years god that's damn. So, cool. <laughs> so i mean it, again meddling is the enemy of yeah. art leave it oh, alone yeah. why are you having this person make their film if you don't trust their vision yeah, yeah. I, I don't understand it <laughs> and i never will from what i understand this distributor released the original maniac what so it's so like what the fine. fuck are you <laughs> that was fine <laughs> so confusing Outside, we hear the heavy breathing and see Belial's shadow descending down the stairs to Dwayne. He asks if Belial got the address book and Belial just hands it over. (laughs) (laughs) 
Dwayne immediately finds Cutter's name and is happy that her address is listed. He puts Belial back in the basket and runs off into the night and then it fades to black. The transitions in this movie are pretty fucking great. <laughs> I got a lot of enjoyment wow. out of it. The scene is over. Yes. <laughs> that's, that's all we need. Yeah. Star wipe. <laughs> back at the Hotel Broslin, Dwayne comes into his room with a box, a newspaper and a brown paper bag. He tells Belial that he brought him something, but first it's time for breakfast. Dwayne opens the paper bag and takes out a pack of hot dogs. And I'm pretty sure those were Nathan's. Uh. <laughs> I was trying to look for the brand. But it yeah. looks like him. But he drops the hot dogs into the basket and we hear the eating sounds again as the basket shakes. He drops all the hot yeah. dogs. <laughs> That's why he needs all that money. He's got to feed this fucking yeah. thing. It's unbelievable. As Dwayne opens the box, he tells Belial not to look at what he's doing until he's finished. He tells him that he's going to go check out Cutter's apartment. So there's really no reason for Belial to come along with him today. Yeah. He's just going to go get some intel on her, but it'll be like super boring. <laughs> he's like, just fucking stay here. He finishes opening the box to reveal a TV that he bought for Belial. He sets up the TV on the dresser right next to the basket. He turns it on and immediately leaves saying that if he gets bored with the TV, he got a newspaper for him. Once Dwayne is gone, Belial turns the knob on the TV to change it from the static that Dwayne left it on. Yeah. But the knob twists right off in his hand. <laughs> I was going to say, you didn't even put the fucking <laughs> no. TV on for he him, He was dude. like, gotta go. Yeah, yeah, you plugged it in, turned it on, and peace. It's kind of <laughs> shitty. Put it on a channel. He probably, you know what I mean, mm -hmm. wouldn't have tried to change it or fix it. <laughs> no, he was just trying... You're clearly trying to keep me occupied. Yeah. So what are you doing? Like he, Dwayne could not get out of that room yeah. fast <laughs> enough. I do have to say, I think it's a rookie mistake to leave that basket unlocked. Oh, for oh, sure. Oh, well, the locks broke though. But I thought, oh, he, I forgot I thought he popped it back on. Maybe he did. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, it was this, poorly attached yeah. anyway. <laughs> We've seen Belial rip a man in half and mm -hmm. take a door off its hinges. I don't think a lock or wicker is going to stop <laughs> That's him. That's true. But if he really wants to get out. But it seems like he's spring activated. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so just keep it closed. Yeah. It's like those peanuts with the snakes. Exactly. <laughs> But outside, Dwayne is running down the street. He goes straight into an apartment building, runs up the stairs, and knocks on the door. As he's running, there is clearly a giant hair on the bottom of the frame. What I, I told your sister, I was like, I, there's something at the bottom yeah. there. So no, you, can, you can tell. It's there, and that's not the only thing you pointed yeah, out. No. Oh, really? Yeah, there's, a, there's another time where you see something that you're not supposed to see. <laughs> When he's running to the apartment building, mm -hmm. if you look on the right-hand side, you see the van door that they're you do. in riding it with the camera <laughs> where they're following him. <laughs> like, you see it shake and you see the van door move. And Good I was like, Lord. What the <laughs> They were doing the damn thing, yeah, okay? Well, hey, small budget. <laughs> <laughs> but he knocks on the door inside the apartment building and Sharon answers and smiles at him. So it's like, oh, this yeah. is why. Mm -hmm. Okay. So that was a fucking lie. So yeah. that was a <laughs> but we see them outside the Statue of Liberty. And I read that they did not get permits to film here. And they were like, just get the shots that you can. By the time we get caught, we'll probably have what we need. <laughs> Is this a fucking episode of uh, Better Call Saul? <laughs> I mean, yeah. <laughs> They're like, we'll get it. It's yeah, fine. Yeah. Right, just do it. Do it. I thought that was pretty fucking funny because it's the Statue of Liberty is right yeah. behind them. Mm -hmm. But Sharon runs to find a place to sit so she can take off her boots and rest her feet. 
She tells him that it was a thrill to be up there, but Dwayne asked her not to get <laughs> not to get mad <laughs> as he admits that he doesn't really care about seeing the city. He only agreed to go on this tour to see her. She smiles at him and calls him a dummy because that's exactly why she asked him to see the city. She just wanted to be with him. <laughs> When is he going to break it to her? She doesn't have a job anymore. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so sorry about something yeah. not so chill happened last night. <laughs> she says that she knows a lot of men, but Dwayne is different. She asks if they have girls upstate and he says that he just keeps to himself. She tells him that he's a dying breed and gives him a quick kiss. But Dwayne leans in and they start to make out. I, um, Okay, <laughs> I, I I didn't see anything specially dead or literally I mean, explain to me how he's a dying yeah, breed. I, I, I how didn't are understand. these New York men cheating, treating her, oh, cheating? Yeah. <laughs> I think it is answering yeah. your question. How are they treating her? Because she's just like, you want to see me? Oh, yeah, I'm in. I know. Yeah, it's a lot. <laughs> but in the hotel room, <laughs> Belial suddenly spring launches out of the basket, <laughs> screaming. He hits the TV off the dresser and it crashes to the floor. He throws the lamp on it, shattering the screen while continuing to scream. So I, my guess is that either one of two things. One, they're either telepathically linked, like I said, right. yeah. or the Big Bang Theory was on. <laughs> <laughs> He's right, like, either, no! either, way. <laughs> either way, it's the appropriate reaction. <laughs> But in the hallway, that nosy lady, Josephine, leaves her room and tiptoes her way to Dwayne's. She puts her ear to the door and listens inside. With the way that Belial is screaming, I don't think she really needed the ear to the door. (laughs) Probably not. Inside, Belial is fucking running amok. He's claymation now and completely fucking the room up. Okay, I need to say this very quickly. (laughs) (laughs) Nobody told me about animation possibilities here. I've heard the term seamless... This was seemed full. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> I saw <laughs> everything. <laughs> but it's great. <laughs> it's honestly so good. It's like the when we see the strings in Evil Dead almost. Yeah. It's like this I, is just part of it. I wanted to point out. <laughs> seem full. In, in Fangoria, Hinlotter said that he was the one that animated this. Right. And he said that I was the last person that should have been animating this. <laughs> I mean, he said that he doesn't have the patience for it. And so he would do the thing. You would move it a little and you do the clicks. Then you run back and he'd move it and he'd do the clicks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's like, just fucking furious with it. He finally watches it. He sits down to see the finished product. He fucking hates it so much. He just throws it in, in like the corner of his room. Yeah. But then he needed the scene. <laughs> and I guess when he rewatched it back, he's like, actually, this is, fucking hilarious right. <laughs> this is what I needed. he's like so i'll just put it in anyway he actually said he goes i, I don't think i should be credited for special effects i should be credited for ordinary effects. <laughs> i like this yeah. guy yeah he's a character at least he's admitting you know what i yes. mean um i i loved the claymation i think uh, it adds so much character to the moment to me personally you're just staring at me blankly, <laughs> i thought it was uh well, very i was like uh <laughs> it's just a stark switch i think my thing was all you needed is like show the hands on the tv and then right, you're flying right. across the room you don't have to yeah, but show his you, full ass body doing you, all the shit. You don't yeah, get this yeah. excellent moment yeah. of him like jerkily moving across the room and screaming. Yeah, we don't. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
But Belial is fucking out of control. He's throwing lamps into walls, breaking furniture, fucking just screaming with. Yeah, he <laughs> fucked that TV the up. That dude just got it for him. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, dude, Ungrateful. I hope he has the receipt. No, I, I doubt it. <laughs> yeah, it's true. But in the hallway, men gather asking what's going on, and Josephine's like, "It's coming from this room." Like nobody could tell. The dude in the middle is trying not to laugh. Yeah. <laughs> what's going on in there? It's very, very funny to me. Belial goes into Dwayne's bag and pulls out Dr. Lifflander's file. We see all the papers flying in the air as Belial yeah. lets out another shriek. He's like, fuck these papers, fuck the TV. <laughs> yeah, but you're doing this, dude. Yeah. You know? And why are you so mad? Yeah. Well, you're I will, getting what you want. We'll t- yeah. <laughs> we'll t- we'll, we can't get into it right now. But we'll okay. talk about it later. All right. Another resident runs down the hall and tells the hotel manager that he's trying to sleep, but some guy upstairs is going crazy. The manager angrily is like, I know, yeah. <laughs> and heads up the stairs. In Dwayne's room, Belial is literally, dude, I like laughed out loud. He's literally just holding one leg of the bed and banging yeah. it against, <laughs> against the floor. That's just being an asshole. Yeah, That's yeah. just inconsiderate. He's just mad and he wants to spread yeah. it around. I was like, you're not even wrecking anything anymore. Well, there's nothing well, left to wreck. Yeah, no shit. <laughs> the, hotel, the hotel manager pushes through the crowd in the hallway to get to Dwayne's room. But as he nears the door, we see Belial go back into his basket, but he still hasn't stopped screaming. Yeah. <laughs> hey, you can't just turn that off. Yeah. It's fucking furious. I am upset. The manager unlocks the door and Belial finally shuts up and tucks himself away. Once inside the room, the group and the manager see that everything's fucking ransacked. They note that no one is here, but Josephine's like, no one left because I was standing at that door the entire time. (laughs) So someone still has to be in here unless they climbed out the window. It's funny because she's still just talking. (laughs) I know the whole time. The manager closes the door, leaving only Josephine and O'Donovan inside. He checks the room as Josephine continues to ramble, but he finds nothing. O'Donovan spots a pile of cash in the room and stares at it until the manager makes him leave. Once outside, he tries to get O'Donovan to come back downstairs with him where they were when all this started. Mm -hmm. But O'Donovan's like, no, I'm going to go to my room and take a nap. Bullshit. Yeah. (laughs) As soon as the manager gets people out of the hallway, O'Donovan cartoonishly creeps back to Dwayne's room. Wouldn't you be the least bit concerned as to what happened in there? Yeah. Yeah. Dude, you all... (laughs) You all heard that someone was screaming. Yes. Yeah. No shit. <laughs> he picks the lock, goes inside, and makes a beeline for the money. Also, like you can't wait. Like the, everybody just cleared. Yeah. yeah. Whatever. But instead of just grabbing the money and running back to his room, O'Donovan stands in the middle of the room with his back to the door and the dresser and just counts it. Once finished, he goes back to the dresser and starts going through a drawer. Failing that, he reaches for the basket. The money wasn't enough? Wasn't enough. Yeah, I know. Like, you got greedy, Martin. Yeah. (laughs) The music mounts as O'Donovan opens the lid and Belial leaps out at him, screaming again. (laughs) (laughs) Spring loaded, I'm telling you. (laughs) Still making out with Sharon, Dwayne stops and flinches as if he's hurt. I'm like, they were making out that whole, like, tantrum. See, so he's, they're connected. Wait, so he couldn't feel that shit? Maybe he thought he was just really feeling. Yeah. <laughs> maybe, it's, maybe it's the violence that maybe. he's like, oh shit. Yeah. O'Donovan, with Belial still attached to his face, runs down the hall to his room and closes the door. Wouldn't you be like, someone help? I'd be yeah. banging on doors. He's like, no, we'll handle this in house. <laughs> yeah. 
The hotel manager starts back up the stairs. He's like, God damn it. And we see Belial shredding up O'Donovan's bloody face. Dwayne continues to freak out, ignoring Sharon when she asks if he's okay. Dwayne tells Sharon to move and runs away from her, but she follows him. I'd be like, bye, dude. Uh. The hotel manager goes into O'Donovan's room and the group behind him begins to scream as they find him. He's on the floor, sitting against the wall, scratched up, bloodied and dead. And there's just porn on the walls, dude. Yeah, I, yeah. I noticed that too. He's yeah. just got fucking dirty pictures all over his wall. O'Donovan, he likes money yeah. and he likes porn. I mean, well, I don't know. Then he got what he deserved stealing he already, he already almost got caught once. That yeah. was your warning. And you still like, no, dude, I'm like sorry. Like you said, he got greedy. Yes. Yeah. Take the money and go. Then that's what you came here for. You didn't need. He's like, but what else? Yeah. <laughs> you didn't need to get in dude underwear drawer. You didn't need to open the mm-hmm. basket. None of your business. Yeah. No. But we follow the trail of blood that ends in misshapen footprints that go out the window. But everybody's just like. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, <laughs> we see the door to room number seven slowly shut. I do want to say this entire time there is a woman screaming incessantly in the background. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, "You need to leave!" Yeah. I was fucking over Get it. Her out yeah. of here. Remember uh, Bernard Rose? That fucking awful noise he said. Yes. That's how I felt. <laughs> <laughs> Candyman episode twenty-five. <laughs> Later, everyone is in the lobby and the manager is trying to clear them. Dwayne runs in and asks him what happened. The manager grabs Dwayne by the shirt and is like, someone killed O'Donovan. They ripped him to pieces. (laughs) (laughs) Dwayne wasn't even here. Mm -mm. Sharon comes to the door and Dwayne screams at her to get out of here. He grabs her by the shoulders and slams her against the door. Didn't she hear he killed O'Donovan and he doesn't want him to kill her too. I'd be like, what was that last part? You <laughs> yeah. Said? And you don't have to handle her like that. Man. Then no. he like chunk her outside. Yes. And like her. I'm like, he literally. Yeah. No, he pushes her out of the building and runs upstairs past the cops who are standing there. Like, Dwayne is the definition of conspicuous. Like, you look guilty (laughs) as fuck. He hauls ass to his room and fumbles to unlock his door. The detective, played by Carrie Ruff, stops him before he can get inside. He asks Dwayne how long he's been gone and if he has any animals in his room. Dwayne says he doesn't have any animals and he's been gone all day. The detective says that O'Donovan was murdered and they're questioning everyone in the building. When he asks to come in, Dwayne says yes. He's like, do you mind if we come in? And Dwayne's like, no. But then he just stands there. Mm-hmm. So the detective grabs his wrist and turns it, unlocking well, the door. I mean, He's like, so let's go yeah. in. Yeah. Well, I mean, let him open the door. Yeah, <laughs> yeah no shit. That's, that's excessive. Once inside the room, the detective says that just before the murder, people said they heard someone on a rampage in here. <laughs> Dwayne just maintains that he was gone all day and he doesn't know what what it could have been. (laughs) It's like, okay. I think that's the only time he lies to the police here. Yeah. Because he really chooses his words (laughs) (laughs) very carefully. The detective asks what happened to the room and Dwayne says it was all an accident and that it happened last night. We went out for burgers. The detective's like, we? Dwayne's like, no, me went out for burgers. (laughs) (laughs) The detective again clarifies that he doesn't have any pets and he asks what's in the basket. The music swells as the detective's hand slowly inches over to the basket and opens the lid to reveal absolutely nothing inside. Dwayne looks concerned. Yeah. Yeah. He says nothing. (laughs) Dwayne admits to him that he's from Glens Falls as the other detective looks around the bathroom. 
The detective finds his wad of money on the floor and asks if he always just leaves it laying around. Dwayne's like, oh, it must have fallen off the dresser. The detective seems very suspicious and rightfully so because Dwayne is fucking, <laughs> yeah. the man does not have a poker face. But Dwayne reassures him that he was out all day and he has someone who can confirm that. I just pushed her out the building. Yeah, but <laughs> yeah. he's not lying. No, he's, no, he's not. No lies detected. When the detective asks, Dwayne tells him he'll still be here for a few days. And if the detective wants to come and take another look, he can. The detective leaves him his card and he, the other detective and the hotel manager leave the room. As soon as the door is closed, Dwayne locks it and runs to look outside the window. Now, he does give him his money back. Yeah. Yeah, he does. Which surprised me because yeah. asset forfeiture is a real yeah. fucking crime <laughs> yeah. that oh, happens yeah. in this country that we need to start <laughs> cracking start down stopping. on. Yeah. <laughs> I was, I laughed because I didn't realize the other detective was another detective. Oh, yeah. I was yeah. like, just, just some walked dude? in yeah. the fucking room. I was like, who is that <laughs> guy? Like, who are you? Yeah. <laughs> like, and I'm the tiny detective. Yeah. It's like, wait, what? <laughs> He was a lot smaller than the other guy. Yeah. <laughs> That's all I'm trying to say. <laughs> Dwayne starts searching under the bed and behind him, we see Belial's hand open the toilet lid. He's hiding in the toilet. So did he fucking Mike Inslin around the window to the other? Uh, That's what I think yeah. because his was that like foot cuffs. His <laughs> prints did go to the window. Right. So I guess because O'Donovan's room is down the hall. Uh huh. So maybe. So he shimmied to the break yeah, of dawn, the <laughs> and nobody noticed. No. <laughs> but, I know he's small, but he's not gonna fit in that fucking toilet. No, he's not. That toilet. Ha- it wasn't one of the fat bottom toilets. No, it was like thin in the front. <laughs> mm-hmm. That he's not fitting in. He's that. the size of one of those like arm pillows. <laughs> yeah, it's not. <laughs> you know, so he's it's not, not fitting if in you there. can hold your. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> he's not fitting. But Dwayne yells at Belial. He's like, you could have gotten us around. I'm like, the detectives it's like, just dude, left. Literally. They're probably still <laughs> yeah. in the hall. What if he pulled a Columbo and he's like, eh, one more thing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, it could you could have been, it could have been over. Just no chill ever. But again, we hear one side of the argument and Dwayne is forced to admit that he was out with Sharon. Defeated, he says that he lied and he never went to Dr. Cutter's, but he only didn't tell Belial because he knew Belial would be mad. Dwayne responds that he's not deserting him. He just wanted some time for himself. Dwayne tells Belial that he has helped him every step of the way. Killing Lifflander and then coming to New York to get Cutter and Needleman were all Belial's idea, and he went along with it. Again, how thin are these walls? Yeah, dude? no shit. Remember when we killed that doctor? Yeah. <laughs> and how we're going to kill those other Yeah, doctors? Jesus, man. It's like, Dwayne. Uh, keep some cards close to the no. chest. <laughs> Dwayne gets a towel and lifts Belial out of the toilet and cradles it. He tells Belial that after everything they've been through, he would never desert him and they'll always be together. Toss that thing in the shower, <laughs> yeah. dude. Because, yeah, Jesus yeah, Christ. Like, you need a shower. Yeah. This place doesn't look like it has the cleanest toilet. No, no and they've been there for days. They've been pooing in there. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and Does Belial dude, poop? I don't know. He's no, been eating. Yeah. He's, he's been a fucking eating. monster. <laughs> fucking adam richmond like size dumps like jesus christ man versus pood more like <laughs> and now jp's disappointed <laughs> and now i'm getting judgmental <laughs> but we cut to a bar and casey is walking around it's crowded she's having the time of her life talking with everybody 
She's a fucking character. She is. I love her. She spots Dwayne sitting next to his basket with a drink in his hand. She goes over and jokes about this being the first bar he came to, you know, because the hotel was the first one he came. It was cute. <laughs> yeah, it was nice. He seems happy to see her, at, but he's obviously drunk. Oh, yeah. She tells him if he's still messed up about what happened this afternoon. And he says that's not even the half of it. Her saying that made me laugh because O'Donovan was just murdered this yeah. afternoon. <laughs> and nobody. They're just, just cracking jokes. With the bar. Well, yeah. Yeah. he kind of sucked. Yeah, he sucks, but they don't know who did that to him. And they live down the hall from him. So I would be scared. That's and they're a very just like, fair point. Right. <laughs> you come here. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, wait, what? But Dwayne says he's messed up about a lot of things, including not knowing what's going on between him and a girl that he met. Casey invites him and his picnic basket to join her at her back table. He needs the company and she needs to drink. I laughed because he said something along the lines of, I, I don't know what's going on anymore with her. Yeah. Yeah. You met her yesterday. Yeah, you guys hung out once. Yeah, and then you threw her into the street. You oh, yeah. <laughs> so if anything, she should be... Yeah. <laughs> you literally pushed her away from you the, first, the last time you saw her. Good Lord. But we cut to them laughing together wildly. She asks him what he did for work in Glens Falls, and when he tells her that he sorted letters at the post office, they laugh even harder. I don't know why. I don't either. I don't get it. She takes a look around and finally is like, now I've been dying to know what's in the basket. <laughs> Dwayne replies, my brother. They bust out laughing again. He reiterates that he's his twin brother. They laugh even harder. When he says they're conjoined twins, they laugh even <laughs> harder. She asks, what happened? Did they shrink him? And Dwayne cackles, no, he's deformed. Casey finally stops yeah. laughing, uh, yeah. but Dwayne only laughs harder, saying that his brother is a freak that looks like a squashed octopus. He finally calms down and just spills all the tea. His brother was attached to his right side, but his mother died giving birth to them. They weren't allowed to go anywhere, not even school, because they were the family secret. Everyone hated them except for their aunt. It's like, dude. <laughs> yeah, I just asked Holy if you wanted a refill. Yeah, dude, I Jesus don't. Christ. <laughs> oh, my God. Too loud and too specific. <laughs> <laughs> He stays in the basket because he likes the dark and he doesn't want to be seen, not even by Dwayne. Dwayne says that his brother communicates with him in his head and sometimes he'll just talk for hours. So confirmation. Yeah. Yeah. Dwayne used to be able to talk to Belial the same way when they were connected, but he can't anymore. Their aunt said it was their special gift, but he lost the ability to talk to his brother that way. But his brother's gotten even better at it. He even knows what Dwayne is thinking. Casey's like, you're giving me the creeps, yeah. but Dwayne does not stop. They didn't want his brother to live, but he didn't die. He just got stronger. He tells Casey if he only knew what it was like for him and Dwayne to be locked up and hidden away. I've read that this was a mistake because Dwayne is his name. Yeah. Right. But Kevin Van Hintenrick has said that he did this on purpose because this is Belial speaking through him. But I don't know if Belial would call himself a squashed octopus, though. I mean, maybe he's self-conscious. He's like, yeah. he's a freak. Oh, maybe that's sad. That's like really sad. Yeah. I think it was just a mistake. Because I, yeah. <laughs> <But, laughs> I was like, oh, because we're calling him Belial, but he has not been named yet. Right, and so no. I'm like, oh, so they're both named Dwayne? <laughs> well, I wow. mean, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. But he concludes that both of them are messed up. He doesn't even know which one of them is worse. And then he promptly passes out with his head on the table. <laughs> Casey's like, I all I said was what's in the basket. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Remember that old viral video where the lady was like, what's your name? Yes. And he's like, my name? 
they're vampires and <laughs> fucking. I'm yeah. going back to Waterloo, yeah. where the vampires hang out. You're like, I asked <laughs> what your yeah. name was. She's just standing there mm-hmm. across his two sticks. <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't he like start unbuttoning his he shirt? Does. Yes, he does. Yes, he does. And then he apologizes. Yeah. <laughs> But here we are treated to a hefty flashback. Dwayne's father, played by Richard Pierce, is surrounded by family and screaming over a bassinet. He says he doesn't want it in the house because it should have died instead of his wife. How could they have even let it be born? He's being comforted by Dr. Lifflander. It's like, oh. Hmm. Dwayne's dad turns on Dwayne's aunt, played by Ruth Newman. Again, these are the characters' names. Right. <laughs> After his wife is dead and his child is what he calls a twisted lump of flesh, the aunt had the audacity to tell him that he needs two names for it. These are his words. One for the child and one for, as he calls it, the monster, as if he had two sons instead of just one freak. Dwayne's father screams that it killed its mother and Dr. Lifflander has to hold him back from advancing on the bassinet. (laughs) I'm like, is he going to whoop the newborn's ass? I don't know how early you start making memories. Yeah. <laughs> but this ain't a good one. This can't be good for the baby. We hear the baby inside start to cry and the aunt goes to comfort him. We cut to the aunt talking to a social worker played by Ilze Belotis, who confirms that the boy is 12 years old now. But the aunt corrects her. Boys, uh, there are two of them. I do want to make a mention of something I learned from that documentary. Ilze Belotis, the actress who plays the social worker. Mm-hmm. And she, that is her name, social yeah, worker. Yeah, of course it is. <laughs> Apparently, she was best friends with Hennenlauter at the time, but she worked at AMDA in New York City, the dramatic arts right. thing. Oh, shit. And she actually introduced Hennenlauter to Van Hittenrink. Oh, cool. Right. And so because and of magic her, was yeah. Yeah, <laughs> she basically cast the movie. They also said, I guess they would do morning shoots the majority of the time because right. they kind of shot when they had the time. Yeah. 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 But she would make lunch for the entire cast and crew. (laughs) And if she was able to afford making lunch, they would be able to shoot in the afternoon. But if she couldn't make lunch, they would just work in the mornings. So Uh, she really did a lot for this film. That's amazing. And she, it's such a little part. Yeah. Yeah. But the social worker seems annoyed that she's like, there's two of them, (laughs) but the aunt leads her upstairs to meet them. She asks how long the aunt has been tutoring him, them, And she says that she's been with them since they were born. The social worker says that she's sure that she's doing what she thinks is best and that she's seen the aunt's teaching certificate and the school board's report, but the state has the final word and she needs to meet the boy herself before it's decided if the aunt can replace traditional schooling. Mm -hmm. They stop outside the bedroom door and the social worker puts it bluntly. Couldn't they just have an operation? The aunt tells her that it's not that simple, and she opens the bedroom door. Inside, we see young Dwayne, played by Sean McCabe, sitting on his bed. When the door opens, he stands and faces the door, revealing his half-formed brother, just a face and two arms sticking out of its right side. The brother just stares at them, again, breathing heavily. (laughs) What is he, Michael Myers? Yeah. (laughs) The social worker stares, gasping in horror, until the aunt leads her back downstairs. This is the most fucking unprofessional (laughs) shit. It really is. It's like with... With Gregory Peck <laughs> gagging. I've been laughing at that since we recorded that episode. He should have had better. <laughs> well, that was terribly uncouth. 
<laughs> but you knew that they were conjoined twins. Right. You could have had some kind of a poker face. She's yeah. like, oh, my God. Well, you can tell that the kid's moving his hands to move. <laughs> <laughs> we all got a picture. Yeah. Okay? Everybody had a few jobs on this set. <laughs> but again, we get a super sweet fade to black. <laughs> Young Dwayne wakes up in the middle of the night to his father arguing with Dr. Needleman. Dwayne's father insists that this needs to be done now while his sister-in-law is out of town. But Dr. Needleman is having second thoughts. Dwayne and his brother creep downstairs to see his father talking with Needleman, Lifflander, and Cutter. I want to point out that the subtitles for some reason, <laughs> instead of Lifflander, yeah. which is... No, this is the name that we've been calling him the entire movie. Yeah. Right. Dr. Lifflander. They called him Nick Flander. It's <laughs> oh, <yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> like you gave up. Several times <laughs> several times they call him Liftlander. Just which made me look it up. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, Ned, <laughs> Nick, Nick Flander. Flander. Ned said Ned Flander. Yeah. Yeah, I was like, you just stop trying. Yeah. That's beyond. But Needleman tells him that if they do the operation, the second child will die. But this is just the cherry on top for Dwayne's father, who says that that's what's best. When Lifflander tells him that he's talking about his own child, Dwayne's father says that Dwayne is his only child, not that other thing. He just wants Dwayne to be normal. Lifflander is having second thoughts as well. And Dwayne's father tells Cutter and Needleman that he doesn't know where Lifflander found them, but they're his only hope. Every other doctor has told him no. Cutter speaks up and says that Dwayne does deserve a chance at a normal life. They don't have any bones or organs in common, so the most Dwayne would be left with after a successful operation is a nasty scar. But when Lifflander asks about the other one, Cutter's like, I'm not even sure it's human. God damn. Yeah. Are you a doctor? It, yeah. has, a, it has a face, though. That's true, <laughs> right? It's moving and breathing and stuff. Yeah. It's breathing. Yes, it like, is. It's human. Belial gasps at this. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, it's human. I don't even think it's human. <gasps> if it can get offended, it's yeah, human. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Jesus Christ. And then we star wipe to Dwayne screaming and fighting as his father and Dr. Lifflander carry him into the dining room, which has been set up like an OR. This part, I mean, it's not funny, but... Dwayne is screaming and fighting and all the voices are super calm because they were yeah. clearly added in. Oh, yeah, they were. Oh, my God. It, it's like hilarious Those to me. Voices were not on set. I no. They're like, hold him. Hold him steady. Uh, <laughs> it was just really funny. I was laughing because his father was the only one using his name. Yeah. Lifflander was like, this won't hurt, boy. It's your patient, but you're not going <laughs> to call him by They're his name. They're not known for their bedside manner. I guess not. But Cutter and Needleman stand in their scrubs ready to go. All of the voices, again, are clearly added in post as they <laughs> tell them that he has to be still. Needleman tries to inject a sedative into Belial, but he just continues to squirm and scream. Finally, he does it and Dwayne falls asleep and Belial passes out immediately. So Needleman is yes. the Needleman yeah. <laughs> and Cutter, cutter is, is the, the Cutter. cutter. <laughs> It's a little he, on the nose, guys. He stabbed that dude like three times with the needle. Yeah, he did. He, did. he, did. he didn't care. He's like, hold it. Yeah. Steady. <laughs> He's like, well, you already had it. What the fuck? This is on you at this point. Yeah. But they get to work, picking up their instruments and holding Belial steady before making the incision. Cutter, again, does the dirty work and blood sprays up to her face mask. Dwayne sits up screaming, but quickly passes back out. 
So they didn't even wait for it to take effect? Yeah. No. <laughs> like, start cutting. So right now. God damn. Blood continues to spray as she removes Belial, and Needleman adjusts the anesthesia. He's working that thing like yeah, that. I'm I like, I don't say. think you should be adjusting it that much. No, no, no. We hear loud tearing and crunching sounds as she works. Finally, Dwayne's father and Dr. Lifflander pull Belial away from Dwayne's body as Dr. Cutter begins to stitch him up. They said that, I guess, the things that we see yeah. are just hamburger and chicken livers. <laughs> <laughs> so again, balling on a budget. Yeah, it works, well, man. It did. Dwayne wakes up in his bed later and looks down at his bandaged body. He seems to hear something and asks, is that you, Belial? He pauses, then says he's coming. I thought this was like a forest, but I guess it's just their yard because he comes up on trash cans. But he's wandering through trees and sees a black trash bag next to the trash cans outside the house. So they just left him out for the fucking garbage man. He stares as Belial's hand rips through the bag and reaches out to him. This is like fucked up. In the house, Dwayne's dad is woken up by a pounding and sawing sound. He goes downstairs just as an electric saw starts up. It sounded like when Homer was making the wonder bat. (laughs) (laughs) He goes down to the basement calling after his son. And as soon as he does, all the sounds stop. He looks around the basement until he sees hung up clothes swaying. And he goes further in and cries out when he steps on a nail. (laughs) But he cries out like cartoonishly. And the nail was sideways. Yeah. So See, calm down. That this was that moment for me, like you said, when he was outside, he thought he was in the forest. I yeah. was like, "What is he in a fucking castle?" I was like, "How big is his yeah. basement?" Well, listen, the basement is the same room that they used for the bar. Oh, they oh. said that the, it's like a, it was like a sex club. Yeah. They said so they had to hide a bunch of sex toys and like a big. They said there's a big uh, sex swing that's right. still there today. Good oh, lord! Sure. Um, They're like the saw came with the rest. Yeah. the restaurant. <laughs> I don't know what I'm. <laughs> but they were able to use it for the bar and for this giant ass basement because it was so big. Yeah, it works. It does. But it is like, I'm like, yeah, this it yes. just keeps going. Yeah. It's a cavern underneath his yeah. house. Yeah. <laughs> there are saws and wood and sawdust all over the floor. And as he looks at them, we hear the saw start back up. He sees that it is positioned on a ramp over him with knives and sharp objects facing outward. Dwayne's father just fucking stands there as the saw comes down on him. We see his feet as blood begins to pour. Then one foot falls to the left and one foot falls to the right. And we see that Dwayne's father has been cut in half. So he exploded. <laughs> or what, like, what, what happened? I'm not sure. <laughs> I don't think that that contraption that they made would have neatly cut right. it in half. No. Not like that. But I'm, I'm here for it. Wait, so Dwayne grows up to be Jigsaw? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Correct. It is poetic. It is. I mean, it's what he deserves. Yeah, it's karma. <laughs> Omrak. Um, <laughs> uh, talk more to him. Yes, nah. get into it. But Dwayne's aunt goes up to the attic to tell them that the police are gone now. I don't know how much later this is. Right. but I want to point out, we don't know if she's their mother's sister right. or their she father's is. sister. No, she's because he's like, we need to do this now while my sister-in-law's gone. Okay. So well, I think her sister passed away giving oh, birth. All right. And that makes a lot more sense as to why she's way she chill give a fuck. Yeah. about <laughs> this happening. <laughs> she does not care. It's like, um, your brother's dead, but I guess <laughs> not. Your no. brother-in-law is dead. 
She says there is no evidence of who killed their dad or what killed their dad. She searches for them and she says that Dr. Lifflander told her that they did the operation to remove them and that Belial died. But she knows that they've been through a lot and she's not going to ask what really happened. (laughs) (laughs) Everyone thinks that Belial is dead and it'll be better for them if everyone continues to think that. But she's here to take care of both of them. Dwayne comes out of his hiding spot and brings Belial with him and the three of them hug. Later, the aunt reads to Dwayne from Shakespeare's The Tempest as they sit in front of a fireplace. We pan over to see that she's sitting in her rocking chair holding Belial as she reads. Then we cut to the aunt at her funeral and present day Dwayne stands over her looking down. I just want to talk about The Tempest really quick. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm Uncultured Swine and I have never read it, although <laughs> it has been referenced in a lot of things that I like. So I think uh, I should. I, think it's I was going to say um, I've heard this. We've heard it multiple times before. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was even in fucking Life is Strange. It was. Like it's a recurring. Yeah. I'll, I'll read it. I'll read it. <laughs> but <laughs> um, the part that she's reading are lines from a character named Caliban or Caliban. Yeah. And apparently he's a like twisted monster Mm -hmm. visually right i don't know it looks like he's a conflicting character like is he good or bad but before the play starts he attempted to rape the main character's daughter so he's bad so he's i mean yeah but again this is shakespeare so he's like no he's a complicated cat it's like i don't know i don't know about that but um (laughs) shaky i would have called him shaky's pizza (laughs) (laughs) but um I think that's interesting. Yeah. I feel like that's very clever yeah. for that to be what she's reading. Right. Mm-hmm. But that is very true. A little bit of uh Yes. You know. Again, we'll we'll talk. We'll talk. Yeah. But now we're back in present day. <laughs> Casey helps Dwayne and his basket upstairs and he is super drunk. They pass her room and he's like, No, let's open yours first. So she does, but then she takes him to his room and helps him unlock his door. When she makes sure that he's okay, she leaves. Dwayne just stands in the doorway of his room. And just before he passes out, Casey comes back and helps him to bed. I I love Casey. Mm -hmm. Yeah, she's the best. Dwayne passes out immediately and Casey sighs as she looks down at him. Suddenly, Dwayne opens his eyes and rushes to the door. He grabs the basket, puts it on the dresser and goes back to bed, saying he almost forgot about him. Casey looks over at the basket. She goes over slowly and opens it up to find it completely empty. She closes it back and leaves closing his room door behind her. What would you think after he told you that whole story and then you look in the basket and I it's don't empty? Know. I feel like, I mean, if he told her everything. Yeah. Which it looked like he did unless right. he just passed out and remembered it all. <laughs> <laughs> I understand curiosity is killing her cat. Yeah. You know what this thing's capable of. Yeah. Stay well, away from the I don't the think he told her about the murder. Well, I would think he would have to. Oh, about his dad. Yeah. Well, fuck. Yeah. So, yeah. But she's like, I want to see some freaky <laughs> shit. <laughs> Look, we all want to see some freaky shit. We do. But that thing is spring-loaded. <laughs> Casey goes back to her own room and locks the door. She tosses off her shoes and we follow her as she undresses and goes into the bathroom. We linger on the open door of her bathroom. I'm like, what? What's about to happen? But mm-hmm. nothing does. She just comes back out pulling on a T-shirt. This is the other tense moment you were talking about. Yes. Mm-hmm. She takes off her underwear and gets into bed, tossing her underwear aside. Did you notice all the smiley faces everywhere? Right. Yeah. I thought that everywhere. was interesting. Yeah. I did a little background research. If you know, if you don't like the movie, here's something you can go home with. Mm-hmm. Uh, the smiley face as we know it was invented in 1963. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Steve. No problem. Thank you, Smithsonian. <laughs> <laughs> 
But Casey quickly falls asleep and we see the pillows beside her move as Belial crawls out from under them. He's breathing heavily Mm -hmm. and touches her breast. She looks over and sees him. He's like flexing his hands and staring at her. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Downstairs, the hotel manager hears her blood curdling scream and runs upstairs. I was like, no, not Casey. Casey has made it to the hallway, though, screaming and crying hysterically, saying that something is in her room trying to kill her. The hotel manager runs inside, leaving a gathering crowd in the hallway. In her room, he sees nothing. Her bed is completely empty. I do want to say that I don't know who sleeps on top of their blankets. I want to point that out. She's drunk. Fair enough. Fair (laughs) enough. But I will say that this was a make or break moment for me. What do you mean? If she was into it. I would have been oh. really mad. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> you and me both. And I'd be like, this is a one. <laughs> I do want to say, watching it the second time, if you think about it, she unlocked her room and left it open. Yeah. And yeah. then they left the basket in the hallway. So Belial's like, oh, hell yeah. yeah. And just mm-hmm. went over there. So, so it makes it's sense. Like, it makes total sense. But in the hallway, Josephine offers for Casey to come stay with her while in Casey's room, the manager notices that her window is open. This is a recurring theme. Yeah. Yeah. Like I'd, I'd note that because O'Donovan's window was also yeah. open. Park someone outside to see what I the fuck's mean, going on. Oh, yeah. But whatever. I did want to point out, I saw in the doc that Beverly Bonner filmed that screaming scene for eight hours holy damn sh- and she obviously did not have a voice afterwards because well, yeah. she's screaming yeah. Oh, yeah. and i'm glad again because that's the reaction that i wanted from yes. this moment oh, yeah. Yeah. i did not want her to be like oh hi what's, <laughs> <laughs> what's this about is this the first place you came to <laughs> <laughs> but the manager comes back out and tells her that whatever was in there is gone now Casey doesn't believe him, but Josephine pulls her into her room to stay the night, which is nice. Mm -hmm. The hotel manager screams at everyone to go back to their rooms. Back in room seven, we see Belial slowly closing himself inside his basket. Inside, he breathes heavily as he plays with Casey's underwear. Now, Belial is horny on Maine. This is when I'm like, okay, now I see why you were mad. Yeah. So he's not just a killer. He's a fucking pervert. He's a fucking pervert. And Dwayne has the capacity to be with women and Belial does not. And I think that's why he was like, I'm fucking all this shit up. If you think you're going to go out there and get some strange. So the Big Bang Theory wasn't on TV? I don't think so. (laughs) I don't think it was. Very disappointed in him. Incredibly disappointed. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, he seemingly had a noble mission right well, yeah i mean i've gone on record i love a revenge story even if the person seeking the revenge doesn't do it in the best right. way i'm like no you were wronged mm-hmm. fuck shit up yeah. belial no yeah. see now no. you got a very now you done fucked up dirty disgusting yeah. side quest <laughs> yep <that laughs> Not nobody, a side quest. nobody asked for <laughs> not can, a one i'm gonna return this dlc yeah. <laughs> But as he runs downstairs, the hotel manager screams, this isn't a hotel, it's a nut house, which is like, what's happening? That was, I don't know why I wanted to say that's some vaudeville shit. (laughs) The next morning, Dwayne wakes up and immediately goes over to the basket. He hits it to wake Belial and tells him to come on so they can get this over with. They go to Dr. Cutter's office and learn that she's a vet. Dwayne sits in the waiting room with the basket on his lap and a dog is sniffing at <laughs> yeah. it. That dog knows something's up. Yeah. The animals always know. Yeah. Yeah. There are twin nurses working there, one sitting at reception and one that calls him back. I read that these nurses were 
Henenlotter's cousins. Right. <laughs> they are twins, and one had sprained her wrist and had to wear a brace, so he made right. the other one wear a brace too. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was like a backstory for the yeah. nurse. No, nope. like, nope. wow, her wrist. She's got carpal tunnel, or nope. I don't know. But once in her office, Doctor Cutter asked Dwayne to tell her more about his cat, who he said has a nasty cut on its side. Short on patient, she leads him to the examination room and tells him to put the cat on the table. She says it's so mean. She's, yeah. fine. She's an asshole. Yeah. Just sit her on the table. It's like, do you like animals, yeah. man? <laughs> Dwayne's like, but it's not a cat. Dude. <laughs> <laughs> he did. I swear to God. He... <laughs> Like you've done this before. Yes. What the fuck? I don't understand. And she's like, I thought you said, (laughs) I see what you've done. (laughs) He says he's going to explain to her how he got cut. Another vet named Dr. Lifflander upstate operated on him unsuccessfully. At the mention of Lifflander's name, Cutter figures out what's going on and she's not scared. She identifies Dwayne as the Bradley boy, the freak she separated. What a pleasant surprise, she says. She asks why he went through so much trouble to find her. She expects that he's come to thank her for making him normal. Lady, you're not making this any better. Yeah. He starts to yell at her, saying that she tried to kill his brother. Again, she's not rattled. She tells him he has two seconds to get his ass out of here. She's not wasting her time with him unless he's grown something else that he wants her to cut off. She's talking about like balls? I I don't know. (laughs) She suddenly looks down and asks what's in the basket before throwing the lid open. Belial was ready and waiting and (laughs) screams as he launches himself at her as soon as the box is open. Dr. Cutter starts to scream and Belial goes straight for her neck meat. He grabs the inside of her mouth when she wrenches him from her neck, but he just keeps screaming. Yeah. He was giving her the mandible claw, I believe. He was. (laughs) (laughs) I thought the same shit. In the reception area, the twins look at each other suspiciously. Dwayne only now thinks to close the door. Yes. I I was like, for real? He came Mm -hmm. in too hot. And then I called him Brad, and I was like, that's not his name. (laughs) Can we talk about how he's really presenting himself as a nice guy, but he is just as complicit in these murders? No, yeah. he's down. It's not. I mean, I okay. With Needleman, he just dumped Belial in and it's right. like, do your business. I'll be outside. This one, he's like, he's but it's not yeah. a cat. Like, he's like part he's of the a, shenanigans. He's yeah. a fucking showman now. <laughs> but he closes the door and when he goes over to Dr. Cutter, she smacks him and he just goes down. Belial, I think, pulls out one of her teeth. And blood pours out of her mouth. He did something in her mouth and made blood come out. I think he put a blood pack in there. Yeah. Sure. yeah. <laughs> the twins try to get inside, but they can't. Dr. Cutter reaches in a drawer and pulls out a scalpel, but immediately drops it. She reaches back in to grab another one, but Belial has had enough of this shit. He grabs her head and forces it into the drawer. We see Dwayne put him back in the basket and run away. The twins finally get the door open and see Dr. Cutter standing in the middle of the exam room, multiple scalpels sticking out of her face as she screams. Everything about this scene went on too long. <laughs> yeah. the um, When he first got there and talked to her, it was really weird because it didn't sound, the audio wasn't the same. No, no. no. And then when she gets like when they get in the other room and she starts talking to him then it sounds fine yeah i there's a lot of like dodgy audio yeah. in this movie. there is i really like the shot of her screaming with the scalpels in her in her face yeah i don't she's literally the one that separated them though so i don't know why she got to live but the other doctors had to be killed i think she died yeah. post scream 
Well, she seemed pretty lively and to when, me. Well, when did he have time while. to do that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're right. He yeah, shoved her face the... in the drawer and the scalpels did the rest Were of the work. Were they all sticking yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> They did the rest of the work. So, I mean, I liked that shot for the first three seconds of it. Yeah. yeah. And then it went on for another 30. Yeah. No, it, it is very drawn out. Maybe she does die. I don't know. <laughs> but, I think that was adrenaline. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. She's like, I can't. I got no more in me. Mm-mm. But Dwayne just scurries away. Back at the hotel Brosland, Dwayne is running up the stairs to his room when Sharon calls out to him. She runs up to him and tells him that she's been with the police all day and something horrible happened. At this point, I'm like, oh, yeah, Needleman died. (laughs) (laughs) He never told her, yeah. Dr. Needleman was murdered and they found his body last night. Dwayne asks if they think it was her and she's like, of course not. She says she's still shaky. She didn't like Needleman, but she can't believe someone would kill him. And that's not true. She said he was a laugh. Yeah. Yeah. She did like him. <laughs> she did say that. But sure. She tells him that she doesn't want to be alone. She wants to be with him. She hugs him, but he just stands there. She says she doesn't know why, especially after the way he acted yesterday. But he's the only person that she thought of. This was the moment for me, like JP had earlier, where she says what I'm thinking. Yeah. Because I literally said, why? Yeah. yeah. She's like, yeah, look, why? I don't know. <laughs> She starts to cry. He tells her it's okay and finally brings her upstairs. In his room, Sharon tells him that they wanted her to identify the body, but she was too upset. Why? Is she, she also his daughter? I yeah, know. I like, no that's sure. weird. She says she doesn't even know why she's so upset. She just is. She also doesn't know why she keeps thinking about Dwayne, but she has all day. She hugs him and they kiss. They start to make out and move over to his bed. Dwayne takes his jacket off and grabs Sharon's breasts and she's down with it. Just before the flesh showing can commence, Belial bursts out of his basket screaming. Kind of a mood killer, but yeah, he's a fucking cock block. He is. At every turn. Like, well, (laughs) he's angry. Yeah. (laughs) I thought, I mean, you you said he was, you know, touching her breasts. He was more like holding them for her. (laughs) He's like, I do not know what to do with these. (laughs) (laughs) she was down with it though Mm -hmm. but Sharon is terrified and begs to be let up but Dwayne holds her down as he stares at Belial with tears in his eyes she continues to struggle and scream until (laughs) this is not funny but she continues to struggle and scream until Dwayne wraps her up in a blanket and throws her out of the room she hits the hallway and goes down really hard man he's just abused her since they met yeah I don't understand why and he's what do you to, see in him? He's try- <laughs> That's yeah. what I don't get. He's trying to protect her. He's just doing it horribly. Yeah. I was a little uncomfortable, obviously. Yeah. But he waited a long time. Well, yeah. I, the way yeah. that he's looking at Belial, he's like, are you like fucking serious, dude? Like, we just went and attacked. You can't let me have this. Like, he's looking at him with a lot of resentment. Right. I was genuinely afraid of what was going to happen next. Well, the look yeah. on his face, I'm like, and the fact that he kept holding her down. Yeah. I was like, this needs to stop. Yeah. <laughs> Again, you're traveling to a one yeah. basket case. I, <laughs> Make I, or break. I get he, like you said, he was trying to protect her, but it did. It was, I was like, dude, just then throw her out. Yeah, if that's so what's going to be. Yeah. It was, and it's not funny, but I did laugh when he threw her out of the building and then him throwing her again out yeah. the hallway. I'm like, well, dude. The wrapping up in a blanket, she's already that, seen him. Yeah. I, yeah. <laughs> I, got, like, I got nothing. And there's no forgetting that. Yeah. It's too late. No. But she immediately gets back up and bangs on the door asking him to let her back in. Go home. Yeah. Yeah. 
No shit. <laughs> You've had a hard day. Yeah. You never need to see Dwayne again. It's it's over. Josephine steps out into the hallway to get the tea, of course. Mm-hmm. In the room, Dwayne tries to shove Belial back into the basket, asking him what he's trying to do to him. He yells at Sharon to go away and tells her that this will never work. He gets Belial back in the basket and bangs on it, damning him. Finally, he sinks to the floor, sobbing. Sharon <laughs> runs halfway down the stairs, turns around, and is like, Dwayne! <laughs> it's weird. But then that's it. And then she yeah. leaves. <laughs> and this is when I realize that there's a lot of stairs. Yeah. There is. <laughs> Again, talk about things going on a little too long. That night, Dwayne sleeps on the bed and Belial peeks out of his basket. He hops down to the ground and his claymation self takes a few steps. Seamful. Seamful. Yeah. <laughs> Seamfully. We zoom in on his face as his eyes turn red while he stares at Dwayne. Okay, this is where I have a problem now. Yeah. Because maybe the doctor wasn't wrong. Maybe he isn't human. Maybe. Because yeah. I've never done that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I've never seen either of you do that. So I'm a little concerned. It was weird. I was like, what? what's happening now? What is this? <laughs> he's he's mad. But yeah. at, this, at this point, watching the movie, it's like in for a penny and for a yeah. fucking pound. Well, <laughs> his eyes are red now. That's yeah, why. cool. Yeah. <laughs> so the crabs have machine guns. <laughs> that makes sense. <laughs> Dwayne continues to sleep and we see Belial's hand hovering over his face before pulling away. Belial just watches him breathing heavily before turning and looking out the window with the red glowing eyes. He hops on the windowsill and screams, but Dwayne <laughs> keeps sleeping. <laughs> we cut to Dwayne tossing and turning, and we, I'm, I guess, go into his dream. Uh, yes. Right. In the dream, Dwayne is running down the street completely naked, and dude hangs dong. <laughs> <laughs> Did I know I mentioned before that person that was very upset about Halloween that there was no penis in it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, they should watch this. Yeah, because there you go. Yeah. <laughs> There's both. <laughs> Something interesting here, too. For this part, they wanted to have Belial walking down the street. Right. Mm-hmm. But they said that they didn't have the budget to pull it off. Like, I guess they had spent right, all their right. money. That's what the guy in that article that had made me laugh. He was like, in those days of New York, Belial could have just walked down the street and nobody would have batted an eye. <laughs> <laughs> That's the thing I couldn't say yet because he was like, it would have been fine. But since they couldn't do the clearance the day or they didn't have the money for it the day before they shot this Henenlotter called Kevin Van Hintenrick and mm-hmm. was like look this isn't going to work i have another idea you're yeah. running naked down the street and Kevin Van Hintenrick is like bet so <laughs> it's cold it's freezing cold they have one heated van on one side of the street oh, and one man. heated van on the other side of the street he got out of one and ran to the other oh, one. Oh my god and they <laughs> had no clearance for this either oh. they're a naked man they're just well, filming him running down the street nobody they're, noticed no they, yeah. they just swept the trash off the street yeah. so hoping that i guess he wouldn't cut his feet well, but they just did it hoping <laughs> <laughs> and the fact that kevin van hintenrick is like where do you need me yeah. <laughs> the crew on this movie was just, no, that's crazy they're like you got it boss <laughs> <laughs> but we see sleeping Dwayne tossing and turning sweaty in his bed and the naked street Dwayne looks up at a window suddenly he's letting himself into Sharon's bedroom she's asleep in bed and eerie music plays as Dwayne's hand caresses the side of her face I don't like where this is going no yeah. and it only gets worse so mm-hmm. I mean if you want to skip ahead I don't blame you He rubs her feet and her legs, taking her blanket off and revealing her to be naked underneath. 
We are in his point of view as he gropes her breasts and then climbs on top of her. And the implication is there as we in the point of view mm-hmm. shot move back and forth. Gold star territory. Gold star. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> in his bed, Dwayne snaps awake and the music stops. He runs over to find the basket empty and the window open. Y'all need to start just locking the yeah. fucking. I mean, I See, guess that's you could just what break I've it. Been, but, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but again, it's spring activated. So only when it opens, if you keep it closed, he <laughs> it seems. Is yeah. And well, <laughs> if you keep it closed, it seems He's kind docile. of docile. Yeah. Docile? <laughs> what word am I trying to docile. say? Docile. 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 <laughs> <laughs> I do want to call out the music. I think it's very nice. I yeah. love the music here. The yeah. music is I don't good. like what's happening, but I nope. do like the music. No. Uh, yeah. Again, it only gets worse. In her room, Sharon wakes up and screams as she sees Belial with red glowing eyes on top of her. So I'm, I'm, I'm a little confused. Right. Was Belial using Dwayne's dream or was Dwayne dreaming? Uh, I feel to like Belial's consciousness. Con- I, yeah, con- consciousness? I yeah. feel like he was Why can't we using. Talk <laughs> he was using his brother's dream like a memory to find out where she lived. And he's so Dwayne, been there, like he said, he can. You know what I mean? Get in his head still. So uh, he doesn't know how to get there. And so Dwayne is. Dwayne does. It. He's been there before. Yeah. I think it's a combination of that, and I think maybe the red eyes since he said that he could tell him what to think yeah yeah he was controlling the dream so he's like no, tell, yeah, yeah. tell me where oh, she lives yeah and so Gross, he dude. found out that way i i'd punch my brother in the face i think we did be I doing he more deserve, uh, deserve, <laughs> yeah. he deserves worse but belial growls as he strangles sharon until she passes out and then his eyes start to glow again basket in hand Dwayne runs up the stairs of sharon's apartment building he runs into her room to find Belial on top of a dead Sharon. He's still on top of her and thrusting back and forth in a pool of blood. This is when I was like, this might be too far for me. <laughs> I'm straight up not having a good yeah, time. Yeah, <laughs> this is... I was like, he's not. Yeah. No, he is. The second I saw that, I was like, I'm going to head out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this... The, I, <laughs> I'm just going to keep making uncomfortable noises. I got, uh, I got nothing. It's I, d- I just didn't understand. What, I, as a kid or right now? <laughs> either one. I mean, I I get, you know, what what's, happened, what's happened yeah. but mm-hmm. why, how, how are you dead? You, he didn't claw her face. He didn't. His... He strangled her to death. He's oh, got, he did. Yeah. yeah. I just thought but maybe although she passed out the or actress, something. actress, though, is, is still clearly Yeah, breathing. breathing. Yeah. Well, that's that was, why I was like, I don't understand what's. That was the only solace <laughs> I had in the scene. I was like, well, maybe she is alive. She lived. I, 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 don't, so, I don't think. I mean, who knows? I don't know. I but did. what he's doing is is fucking terrible. The worst, probably the worst thing we've ever talked about on it this show. It might be because I was like, <gasps> I was yeah, clasping I my pearls. And yeah. I don't even have pearls. I read that. I uh, know it was in the documentary because this is where I was like, okay, maybe him, him and Lauder isn't as cool as I thought. No, no. But nothing against him, obviously. I'm not trying to fucking start a feud or anything. <laughs> but he had said that the scene had gone as planned, like what they were doing. But then he said it was missing something, and that's when he added the blood. The blood is really and what sets it over right. for me, I think. The thing with the blood is that the second the crew saw it, the majority of them walked out of the production. Mm. And they told him, like, you know, that's that's the line. And he's like, oh, so the murder was fine, but this isn't? He's like, get the, he's like fuck off. Get the fuck out of here. I was like, you're wrong. <laughs> you know, you're like, wrong. <laughs> yeah. He said, I, he, said, he said the actors don't have a problem with it, so fuck you. I was like... 
you're you're wrong that yeah. like sucks because i read that when they ran out of money halfway through a lot of the crew members were doing double duties because yeah. they couldn't afford to pay other people so yeah. that's kind of shitty that yeah. he would be like well fuck off uh, yeah <laughs> you I don't just, think i you think i don't understand pressure claire <laughs> well fuck you <laughs> fuck you i guess as a, I, <laughs> I guess as a kid i didn't understand so i was just like well he killed he her. killed her yeah yeah i was like you just killed this I, naked lady i feel like i don't know if this is just a point of no return for belial because you can almost sympathize with him. He lost cool points with me when he was groping Casey. Well, yeah. um, but even if you're like, oh, well, he's confused. He doesn't know any better. I mean, if you write it off, whatever. I feel like maybe they're like, no, he's irredeemable. He's yeah, a fucking he, monster. Yeah. I feel like maybe he was trying to make him do like the worst right, thing that right, you right. can do to make it like, no, Dwayne, you know, we need this is not OK. Yeah. You could have just killed the woman he loved. Right. Yeah. yeah. I, I think that would have sufficed. I feel, that's what I'm saying. He could have still been on her and her naked, but just like rip her stomach open then. You're not doing anything bad to her. You're, you're just, just killing, killing a person. Her. Yeah. That's it. Murder. And that's fine. Because that's what I'm saying. It's okay. Yeah. People sleep naked all the time. Right. Yeah. All right. So if he's just killing her, fine, but you don't got to be doing all that no. other extra shit. Yeah, man. it was, uh, I was like, again, I'm like, no, he's not. No, yeah. he is. Yeah. It was, uh, it's upsetting and it's disturbing and that's the only way that i can take it is that and in this moment belial is a fucking monster right if you were back and forth that they were wronged which they were but if you're on the fence about where to land on this whole revenge journey or who belial is as someone to root for right. now you know he's the evil twin he's yes. the evil twin right yeah I feel we already knew that. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm just saying for, it's louder for the people in the back. Yeah. yeah. Well, <laughs> fuck this. Uh, I will say took it down a few points for me. Yeah. I was, uh, I was shook. Like genuinely, I wasn't expecting it, but, um, and again, I, I don't know if like we're, we're getting messaging here on like sexual repression or, I mean, I don't know. I, I don't feel think like they thought that to, far ahead. Uh, you don't think maybe I'm I, giving it too much credit. Yeah, I think you're <laughs> trying to write a term paper. I, I feel, <laughs> I feel like and there could some, be. <laughs> sometimes the color blue is just blue. It's not the sky, or the, the eyes of his wife, and the, no, I can't, I can't there's help fucking it. nothing. I can't help it. I feel like there could be stuff to unpack here, but. Um, I think I'm, it, needs to be, right. it needs to be packed into that fucking basket. Yeah, I'm not a sensitive person, but this shook me a little bit. I think that's what's so surprising is I've seen such horrible fucking yeah, shit. I, but this for I me, like, I was oh like, God, God damn. I didn't really. Well, I don't know. Uh, but moving on from that, I yes. was like, how the fuck are we going to talk yeah. about this? Um, well, we did. I don't know. Yeah. If it... I did my best. <laughs> um but Belial groans in protest as Dwayne picks him up. Dwayne throws him in the basket and looks down at Sharon's body. He runs down the street with the basket, screaming that she was good. She wasn't like them. He runs into the hotel, still yelling at Belial, mm -hmm. saying that Belial only wanted Sharon because he wanted her and she wanted him. He asks what's wrong with him, waking up the manager as he slams the basket around. It is a scene. Yeah. <laughs> He hits it and yells that he's never letting him out again. He runs upstairs and, of course, the manager follows. In his room, he says that just because Belial can't doesn't mean that he couldn't. 
He stacks stuff on top of the basket, continuing to yell. He asks if this is what's going to happen every time he finds a girl he likes. Belial climbing on top of her. How could he destroy the first girl he ever kissed? In the hallway, everyone is going nuts, including Casey and Josephine. We still hear Dwayne yelling as the manager unlocks the door. Casey leads them inside and Dwayne yells at them to get out of here. <laughs> He's like, I'm busy. Just then, Belial bursts out of the basket and everyone screams. Belial grabs Dwayne by the balls and lifts him up like that one episode yeah. of Sunny. That's all. <laughs> that is all I I literally wrote that down. This is what Mac did to Sweet Lee. Yeah. <laughs> but now the crowd is screaming. Belial is screaming. Dwayne is screaming. He drops Dwayne and then jumps on him and they both fall out the window. They hang from the hotel Broslin. Belial holding onto the hotel with one hand and Dwayne's throat with the other while he hangs. People on the street notice and scream. Of course, a crowd gathers. Someone screams, do you know him? What does that yeah. matter? <laughs> Who the fuck cares? That's Dwayne. Yeah. <laughs> Belial groans as he holds on, but Dwayne loses consciousness. Belial cries as he loses his grip. They both fall to the ground and we see that Belial is bleeding. I interpreted it as they died, but right. there are more sequels, so I guess right. they're not dead. But well, he had said in an interview, whenever they asked him if he was going to do more sequels, he was like, they're dead. Okay. Yeah. But then I think like eight years later, he did a sequel. Well, <laughs> music plays as the crowd gathers around. We'll say Dwayne is dead. And so is Belial lying on Dwayne's right side where he was removed. Pretty good. It, it's good. Some, whenever they fell, someone said, he's going to fall on one of you people. Yeah. <laughs> <It's> like, what? <laughs> what is happening? Was this written at all? Yeah. <laughs> but the credits roll and we hear police sirens. Quickly about the credits. They did not have the The crew was so small mm -hmm. that to make it look more legit, they just started throwing in fake names <laughs> to make the credits look longer. And one of them was Watson Pritchett from oh, House on Haunted Hill. That's amazing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I did want to point out that there, there's just a man that suddenly appears to check Dwayne's pulse. Mm -hmm. Yeah. He's like, yeah. He's, he's, he's dead. <laughs> I'm a doctor. Also, this ground beef is dead, yeah. too. <laughs> like, I just don't, I don't understand. But. but I have to ask, what did you guys think of Basket Case? The movie is, is crazy. This movie <laughs> is a ride. Um not to go back, but except for that last part that's really bad. Yeah. Um, this movie is nuts. It is. And uh, I, It's not a movie. It's uh, a nuthouse. Nut <laughs> <laughs> but it's coming like you're saying of like how they they had the budget and them filming and it took them so long. Then you said what? The Museum of Fine Arts? Modern Art. Modern the Art. The MoMA. Yeah. That's that. I mean, that's got to say something. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, and it, it does feel like something that they put their fucking sweat into. Yeah. You know what I mean? And uh, it's not perfect, but I, I do enjoy this movie. You know what I mean? It's not, I wouldn't say that it's one of my favorite movies, but I would rewatch it again. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? I, I don't have, I haven't seen the other two. And if I have, I don't remember them at all. Um, but I did remember the fuck out of this movie. I'll say that. <laughs> and again, definitely should not have been watching it. Right. No, no. you should not <laughs> but have. Here we are. Yeah. <laughs> I remember whenever I talked to mom about it, like she was like, you saw the end, right? I said, yeah. She goes, that was what, you know, yeah. kind of stuck with her because she, uh, she did not like the film. Right, <laughs> right. right. <laughs> but I mean, 
along with what JP had said, it's, I mean, it's a very admirable effort. Right. Because they really did put a lot of work into this real, I mean, no budget film. Yeah. Really. No real professional experience behind it. Yeah. And the seams, as we've said, yeah, <laughs> there are some scene, seamful moments, but <laughs> it doesn't show as much as you expect it to. I don't think. Right. I just think it's nuts that they, this is what they did with a ridiculous as fuck idea. Yeah. You know, I, I, I'm not cold on this movie. I'm definitely not hot on this movie. <laughs> I think I'm probably a lukewarm on the movie. You know, that's more than I expected. Yeah. Really? Yeah, for sure. I'm room temperature yeah. water. <laughs> um, weirdly, I liked this. I feel like it is, for me, it's in that territory of so bad that it's good. Right. I can see how someone would sit down to watch this and be like, what the fuck was that? That was well, trash. Yeah. Okay, sure. It, it kind of <laughs> was. Like, I get that. But Museum of Modern Art, that still really throws uh-huh. me. Yeah. I, I uh, don't know how that happened. I swear I thought that was a joke. I thought it was part of the movie. Like yeah. a gimmicky, but... um. <laughs> I, I i really i don't i don't know uh but See, i liked it i had a loss for words I, yeah i literally at a loss for words um i had fun except that i really didn't care for it. again if, if maybe i think it is just the blood i think if he just would have left it yeah. um and don't do a wide shot like that yeah, yeah. like that was yeah, don't do that. i appreciate the i guess the balls that it took because he had to know that that would not be well received yeah um i guess i appreciate that and i appreciate him having a vision and being like yeah i'm gonna ruffle some feathers but <laughs> this is what i want yeah. but him being like fuck you but, yeah. I, aka <laughs> fuck you but for how hard the crew worked on this i really don't like that that i feel like if they had been so down for me up until this point right. i'd be like okay yeah maybe that's too far who is it I, I remember somebody once said that you don't get to decide whether or not you're the asshole <laughs> right <laughs> everyone around you decides yes that. so i really don't like that learning that hurts it a little bit for me yeah because it really seemed like this family affair where we're making this fucking bonkers movie mm-hmm. and we're all in we're all in we're all giving all that we have and so for that to be the hill that he died on yeah <laughs> yeah and i I don't think that hurts i don't think all of the crew quit but yeah. a few did and he was still pissed off about it in the dock like 20 years later Damn. I, I, again that's the hill he chose to die on you know how mad oh, you wow. get and you kind of like rub your forehead a little yeah. bit <laughs> that's what he was doing he's like well this fucking you know he was not happy he was not happy but yeah i would say so bad it's good it's one of those that has to be seen and if you love it you are valid and if you fucking hate it you are just well, as yeah. valid <laughs> like it's just one of those movies where mm-hmm. it's a ride i know i already yeah, said that but i don't know is. how else to describe it but i guess we can seem fully slide into yeah. <laughs> uh ratings um this is a really really hard some of some movies are just fucking hard to give a score to mm-hmm. because if you look at that number you're like what mm. like so I tr- I try to remind myself that what we score this film is not just the number we say at the end. It's the whole two hours of bullshit that we talked up yeah, until yeah. it. So does that make sense? <laughs> <laughs> so um, again, I gave the last movie that I had a really hard time scoring the same thing because I feel like it's a safe number to say that I liked this. I had right. fun. But I know that objectively, it's a fucking mess. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and that 
the whole scene at the end that does hurt it for me a little bit mm, not right. that i feel like not even that that's what happened it's the execution for me um and it's such a hard left right for, i mean right. i don't know but anyway yeah and i have some- <laughs> <laughs> i have something um, for that as well but uh i will say on a scale from one to ten codependent relationships <laughs> I'm going to give Basket Case 6.5 out of 10 codependent relationships. All right. Um, Hmm. I will say I did have fun. Right. Mm -hmm. But this movie's kind of a mess. (laughs) 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 But I will now open up the floor. All right. So I'm going to go ahead and get this out of the way. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to do my thing I always do, you know, Mm -hmm. positives. Right. I think that it has more story in it than it has any right to. It does. With that flashback scene, they're trying to introduce like fucking what pathos? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Like, are you kidding me? (laughs) In basket case, they went the extra mile. (laughs) That's what I feel like. Maybe that's what I appreciate so much about it. It's not weird shit happening. It's like, no, let me take you back to childhood. Exactly. It's like, oh my god, we're getting a prequel too. (laughs) But I think that it has an interesting premise. Um. The music. I enjoyed the music in this yeah. film. The music was surprisingly yeah. really good. I actually really liked it. I think that I even enjoyed some of the acting. Yeah. I, I'm a lover of camp. Yeah. So I don't know if I'm having <laughs> such a great time because it's full camp or because this acting is really good. Yeah. <laughs> On the negative side, I do have some of the acting. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's hit or miss. It is. It really is. Oh, on the positives, I meant to mention that what they did with makeup effects is pretty impressive. Mm. It is. For yeah. having no money. Right. Yeah. That's pretty good. And fucking a Coke bottle. Oh, really? yeah. <laughs> like you're, you're using anything you can find. Yeah. It worked. It did. But negative again, the stop, <laughs> stop motion bits. Yeah. I like <laughs> Yeah. I just they. <laughs> I don't know. I think that they just they they didn't work for me. And I, I just can't. I just can't. Um obviously the scene with Sharon. Yeah. Right. That, no, that's, is, that that's... is a big thing for me. Uh, really? I honestly didn't really care for the whole ending. I feel like it ended very abruptly. Yeah. It does end abruptly. I like that visual of them quote unquote dead mm-hmm. on the sidewalk in that same position. Right. That is good. I really, really like that. I don't, if I wrote this movie, I think that's how I would have ended it with them All both right. dead back the way that they, they were. were. And then never made a sequel. And then never yeah. made a sequel. <laughs> <laughs> but I think that the, the, here's the reason why, and you kind of uh, opened the door for me to say this, mm-hmm. which is this ending, maybe the last 10, 15 minutes, it's an entirely just brutal shift in tone. Very much so. We were feeding this motherfucker Nathan's hot dogs. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. 30 minutes ago. Exactly. So, and then you, you, you put this shit on me. Yeah. Like, that's a lot. And I think that if they would have stuck to one tone, the film would have been better for it. Because it was just like this campy, like schlocky. Right, right. Uh, even the murders were funny. Yeah, they were. Right. You know, and they if were. you would have kept with that, I think we'd be in a lot better shape. Now that we're talking and I'm unpacking it a little bit more, maybe the shift in tone. <laughs> I'm sure I'm giving it too much credit. Uh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> maybe it's like this how Dwayne saw their relationship how it's like yeah it's you and me against the world they tried to split us up but we're still here and we're gonna get our revenge and Dwayne's all on board and everything but the second that Dwayne has something else to 
put his existence toward besides Belial, he's like, he's a fucking monster. So maybe it's like, oh yeah, this is fun and we're getting revenge on these doctors. <laughs> yeah. But no, surprise bitch, he's a fucking monster. So I mean, again, maybe I'm giving you too much credit, but. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I just think it was, you know, totally inconsistent. <laughs> well, you know. But I mean, I think that. Let's see how far I can. <laughs> yeah. You're doing your best. <laughs> I mean, it, it's a film that um, it should be watched. It's an interesting film. But I think I, I feel like I'm going to do the same thing that I did with Paranormal Activity uh-huh. where I wasn't cold on it, but I wasn't mm-hmm. hot on it. And so I kind of have to rest myself right in the middle. Right. And so I'm going to give out of 10 codependent relationships, I'm going to give Basket Case a five out of 10 codependent relationships. Again, right. much higher than I was no. <laughs> I think I think the thing for me is that the independent spirit of this film right. shines through it. Just because I don't agree with a lot of decisions they made, yeah, doesn't mean I don't respect that. That's undeniable. That. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So <laughs> here comes me. Um, I, I, I really enjoyed this movie. Uh, the claymation is the best. <laughs> uh, like I said, except for the ending, the rest of this movie, I'm totally down for. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I it does. You know, I, I do agree you saying that it takes a very different tone at the end, but I'm not going to lie, man. I still I still enjoy this movie. Like, I will still watch this movie. Like, on the technical part of it, it's, it's fucking terrible. <laughs> like, it's all over the place. But I will say this, and this only helped my score more Mm -hmm. was you saying that they took all these different locations and made them look like one place. Oh yeah. I would have never known that that dude was standing in a fucking elevator. (laughs) I would have never guessed that those stairs didn't lead to those apartments Mm -mm. or the inside of those apartments weren't even part of that hallway scene at all. Mm -hmm. I I, never. Something else I read is that Hinn and Lauder, anytime you hear a woman walking in heels, that was him walking in heel shoes to... (laughs) To try, hey, I know. I, I mean, like, he's like, I'm embarrassed to admit this, but it's like, no, dude, hey, that's fucking yeah. cool. Yeah. Hey, Foley work, like we learned. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> like we learned last week. Yeah. Um, and like I said, it does. I do have a little, you know, for me because I watched it with my older brother and uh, when I was a kid and whatever. And uh, like, uh, like you, I, I might not agree with uh, some of the stuff they do in the movie or the scenes or whatever, but. I I did enjoy the shit out of this movie and I will watch this fucking movie anytime. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I I I don't know about the sequels because I, I <laughs> Yeah, me like neither. I I'm yeah. um, I'm interested. If you though. want, yeah, yeah, we can dive into those. Um it is to me one of those so bad that it's good movies. Mm-hmm. But like you said too, you can feel them working for this movie to work. And if they would have I can't even say the perform not put a hundred percent of their performance in there because they don't have a hundred percent. Some of it's dubbed over, <laughs> but like they do, you can tell they're trying. Yes, yeah, they're trying. Mm-hmm. So for that, I'm gonna give this movie on a scale from one to ten codependent relationships a seven point five codependent oh. relationships. Wow, I I'm trash. <laughs> All right, me uh, we, trash. Uh, I like other trash. Um, like I said, I don't agree with, with some of the things in the movie at all. But the no, of movie, course not. Yeah, yeah. But the movie is fun. It's 
a it's something that you have to see mm-hmm. you know what i mean and then hearing about all that in dallas what happened and then the different version in houston and then dudes taking pay cuts so you're like you motherfuckers made this happen they yeah. did you know what i mean so you put yeah and for me enjoying it thank you mm-hmm. you know what i mean fuck you for the last scene but thank <laughs> you for the rest of this because that that is a fucking crazy movie and you know what i mean that's undeniable yeah, yeah. it is a wild ride oh yeah and clearly influential yeah <laughs> <laughs> well that's all from us at Podmortem. what would you rate basket case and what should we watch next let us know on twitter at the Podmortem. Be sure to follow us on Instagram and like us on Facebook. Be sure to follow each of us on Twitter at Blood and Smoke, at RealStreeter84, and at TravisMWH. Please consider pledging to our Patreon and stay tuned until after the music for a special shout out to our Wendigo Getter patrons. And remember, family can be toxic. While blood is thicker than water, you need to know when it's time to cut ties. Until next time. Thank you for staying tuned for our thank you to our Wendigo Getter patrons. Woo! Woo-hoo. Y'all are unbelievable. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I tried it. You tried, tried it. <laughs> A special thank you to Chris Ontiveros, Kristen Lofton, Megan Martinez, Kimberly Bass, Melanie Van Husden, Sophie Hodson, Anthony Jerome M., Jordan Nash, Kent Morton, Allison O'Neill, Guy54, Lala Thomas, Travis Anissa Hunter, Miguel Myers ATX, Mandy, Jennifer Perez, Pierre Lombard, Carissa, TJ Bronson, Gabrielle Trevino, Spooky Mom, Andy Teague, Applin Ontiveros, Karima Rhodes, Antonio Huerta, Kimberly Kleindienst, Will Brown, Linda, Sydney Smith, Osvaldo Soto, Jonathan Booth, Bobby Holmes, Donna Eason, J.D. Rizak, Molly Gerhardt, Armand Spasto, Aaron Aguirre, Eggy, William Barry, Brittany, Charity Oxner, Amanda Six, Mandy Rainwater, Diego Moreno, and Garrett Rogers. Thank each and every one of you so much. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for everything. Yes. And (laughs) everything. I I was really excited. (laughs) We cannot thank you enough for conjoining us. Uh, Like Dwayne and Belial. We hope you never split. (laughs) (laughs) Until next time.